Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Fool. I'm your host, Chris Amador. This podcast is a tribute to the people I've met along my journey and to their stories. I've learned a lot from all of them, and I'm really grateful. I'm excited to share this conversation I had with my friend Stefan, who lives in Berlin, Germany. If I had to briefly describe him in a few words, they would be kind, thoughtful, and open-hearted. He's a really, really good man. You will hear about life in Berlin and his perspective on what life is like for the German people 30 years after the wall has come down. He was born in East Germany, and he talks about his family's experience there. We also discuss the current COVID crisis, the Holocaust, and more. This conversation was recorded while we were still waiting to hear the U.S. election results. Stefan actually took November 3rd off from work to watch the elections, so we covered that too. I think it's quite valuable to get an outside perspective on U.S. politics and culture. And I'm grateful that Stefan was open to answering my questions and sharing his thoughts. I learned a lot and had a great time reconnecting with a good friend. Hope you enjoy this episode. And so it begins. It's so funny when, when life is orderly, my life is disorderly. <laughs> when yeah. things are chaotic, my life is so orderly. So that means like, like life, like world has to be on chaos, and then everything is fine for you. For, for me, yeah, it's, it, it's been, it's unbelievable because I, I usually, well, I mean, it's just different environments as well. Because coming from New York City, it's, I couldn't get yeah. a job that best suit me. Um, yeah. So it was, it was a lot of, a lot of job searching, a lot of job getting, a lot of job losing. So now that I'm up here, I've, I've had three jobs and this, this one I have right now, it's just like, oh my God, where you been all my life? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just incredible. I, I absolutely love it. Um, but the thing is, I, I had an itch about two years ago to get, to get out of New York City because I just knew shit was going to get worse. If during mm. the Trump election and everything, I just, I knew to get out of the city. So when I did, I got, I came up here, I was looking and looking and looking and trying to find a good apartment. But the last minute, the last day to actually look for a place before like, I was sleeping in someone's couch, I found this place. So this is a place now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the cool. weirdest thing, the weirdest thing, Stefan, was what made me want to come up here in the first place was this really wacky dream. Now, when I dream like heavy, I dream very deep. Like it's actually real. Like I'm yeah. talking to you right now. And I had a dream that I was walking up uh, by Central Park West on 109th Street. And it was like midnight or something, which I would never be there. And all of a sudden, my yeah. body is being lifted up into the air and into <laughs> the skies. I'm going backwards. And so then I finally stop because I'm going pretty fast, just enough to know I'm flying past the Catskills and everything. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I land in this field. And it, you know, it looks like far, someone had farmed here at one point. Like I, I knew there's coyotes around. And I didn't feel safe there. I knew it was a farmer's field. And all of a sudden, I've flown all the way back, faster than a bullet, just zipping right to the mountains, right back in my body, and I wake right up. Oh, wow. When I found this place, and I got it, it's like, oh, great view. And then there's a, a road, um, I forgot the name of it. It's it basically, this used to be an apple orchard. Walking down there, all of a sudden, it just hit me. So and this I is thought, a place. This is, yeah, this is where the dream took me. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, oh my God. I mean, our imaginations can come up with anything, but to me, it's just a little bit of a coincidence and I get a pretty good vivid memory. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it must feel, it must feel right. So it must feel really right to be there. So I'm not going back to the cities. I'm oh yeah. Country boy. 
You know, I like to go visit Berlin, of course, <laughs> and see you guys and stuff like that. But I, yeah, I'm yeah. a country boy. I really yeah. am. But I, I feel that. Me. I feel that. Um, <laughs> no, no, I feel that my, my, my girl and I, we, we kind of feel the same. So, like, I mean, Berlin isn't quite as big as New York City. But when you, when you live in the city, kind of, it feels so different and it feels so crowdy and busy. And I moved from, like, in the middle area part of the city to a little bit to the north. But it's still, it's still in, in the city, right? I got a 15-minute ride to the center. Um, so... But it, and it feels so crowded, and so we, we we enjoy taking time off and go outside and go somewhere else. And and I'm really happy to to move a little bit north because it's so much more nature and like it's like I have five minutes to go and then I'm in the forest. And and imagine living in New York City again is like okay, it's so much concrete, it's so much people, so you have to travel a long long time to go somewhere more natural. And it's so so I can totally understand your feeling of like going somewhere else so it's yeah. like sometimes you have to change right oh definitely definitely i mean i guess yeah. when you're when you're young and you have the energy to keep up with the city it's fine yeah i, I just don't have that energy anymore you know thank thank god you know <laughs> yeah and then maybe I would, i would say it's like it's it's you got to focus you could focus on another point it's like when i when i moved to berlin i wasn't a Like, I don't know, how, how old was I? Like 20, 21-ish, something like this. And and I was so buzzing around everywhere. I was literally like living in the party neighborhoods and then going out with, to, I, I moved to Berlin to, to, to study like for college. And then we went out like every <laughs> every night in the week. So kind of, even though we had to study, but so, like, we were young and we have a fun. And But still, like, like when you get older, you get a lot of more focus on other things, right? You you see something, and, and it's like you want to focus on that. It's, maybe it's like your dreams, and you you want to you see something important in life, and you want to focus on that and go in, into this direction. And because yeah. you you get older, wise, and you get all this experience, <laughs> so mm -hmm. so you want to shape this. Yeah, I mean, the, to your point, when I was younger, I wanted to do 10 things all at one time, and I wondered why I'm not succeeding in any one of them. And, yeah. you know, now I know what exactly what I want to do, you know. Yeah, things get so much clearer, right? So you get yeah. so much more, they shape. It's like, it's like you see and you, you try it out so many stuff and then it's like, okay, no, next thing, next, next thing. And it's like, okay, I want to focus on this. And then I, I have the saying, uh, I, I like a lot. It's, um, it's like nothing is more constant in life than change. Mm -hmm, exactly. Right? Like I, when I grew up, I had this feeling of like life is constant. You, you, you do a decision and then it's like forever. You build a house and you live there forever and you have kids and they will be forever. Mm -hmm. And, but it's not like that. I feel it's like it's totally changing. And uh, funny in my, in my, my life is that I have a lot of jobs as you, as you mentioned before, so I have a lot of jobs. And when I go to family meetings, like once a year or something like my, my uncle is kind of like, Hey, where do you work now? <laughs> And it's like, oh yeah, but he's right because he was working in a company like for 20 years or so. My, my parents, they work in the same company for 20 or 30 years. Mm -hmm. So they had one job and then they had another job, kind of, for instance. But I have like, I don't know, since I'm in Berlin, it's like my fifth, sixth, eighth job. I, don't, I have no idea, actually. Yeah. And, and so my, also this is kind of a Berlin-y thing, I think. <laughs> When you live in the big city, it's so much buzzing around and so much change everywhere and so many opportunities. So, so much possible ways to change. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly. really, yeah, that's really, really what I like also. 
Yeah, I think you, you know, I think you nailed it quite well. That what attracts people to cities is that the endless possibility of change. Something is going to fall in your lap, and if you don't like that job, you can go do some other trade. And I think that's what yeah. really attracts people to to the cities is is the constant change. Yeah, but it takes but, energy, as you mentioned, like because some at some point, I also feel that it's like okay, now now I'm here at this position. I don't want to think again about another job or something. I want to make like focus my energy on some other point in life. So maybe mm. I don't know, building a home or getting somewhere else where I have more. Uh, a, calmer mind maybe because I can look outside the window and see nothing um so stuff like this and that's um something you you value more and then you want to focus on that I guess yeah yeah because that's my focus as well I, I just want to pick somewhere in Massachusetts where I, I just want to build my home and that's yeah. it this is this is where I want to settle um it's got to be no neighbors around for half a mile <laughs> yeah. this past couple of years man I just fell in love with being alone. I yeah. really have. And the great thing about this virus is like for many people is very devastating in the States. Mm. For me, I just found, found a great excuse to not go out and look for anything anymore to fulfill <laughs> what's inside of, you know, like if you're unhappy is, well, you have the power to make yourself happy. Yeah. If you're sad, you have the power to make yourself not sad. If you are confused about something, ask yourself questions because usually 99.9% of the time, the answers lie within you. You yeah. know, you know what's wrong. You can fix it. So it just it made me just go deeper, and I really enjoyed the two months off. It was the best experience, and I, you know, I had to heal from a lot of trauma that happened the past couple of years, anyway. So for me, it was great. Yeah. What was it like for you initially? Um, well, we, we, my my girl and I, we are we are totally different. So yeah. <laughs> because she is she's she's really a social people. She, like she loves her friends and she has many friends and she wants to see it. And I have many friends too, but I also enjoy not seeing too many people. So yeah. for myself, I can really calm down in this area and not worry too much. And it's not freaking me out to be on the couch or at home all day. Yeah. So. I can be a superhero and, and <laughs> because I don't see any people. Mm -hmm. um, that's really pretty nice. Um, but on the other hand, I, can, I, I, I feel like how, my, how the Ariana, how, how she's suffering because we are not able to, to see many people and because we need to be physically distanced. Mm -hmm. So we can video chat a lot of people and that helps a lot. Um, but it makes things hard, especially when you're kind of um, locked into your apartment and not going out too much. So, yeah. And in Germany, we have currently the situation that um, it has, we have kind of a party shutdown again um, since in, in, in the fall and during winter times. The numbers and cases, they rise again. So the government decided to shut down all not essential um, yeah, shops and stuff. So, um, so you can go, go outside, but you cannot sit in a restaurant and eat there, for instance. But you can yeah. take away and, and yeah, to, to go or something like that. You can order food to go. Um, but that's nice. So it's not like we have to um, yeah, pass a lot of things because we can still do them, kind of, I feel. Mm -hmm. It's not just so in my case, um, I don't suffer too much because I, can, I have the feeling that I can do everything I did before as well. Mm -hmm. um, I am not going to the office anymore, kind of. So since March, I'm working from home. So this is a total difference, right? <laughs> so we, we haven't had this before. I worked before in my, in my time as a freelancer. 
but it's not like when I have a lot of colleagues, we were like 20 people and nobody's in the office anymore. It's like, okay, how do we do it then? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and kind of this, so we need to find out ways. And, and the first time, I think in March or April, it was really hard because I was constantly phoning someone or video calling. And so I couldn't get stuff done. And, and that was pretty weird, but it mm -hmm. shaped over time. And then we, we iterated on and we, we um, established routines and that helped a lot in work-wise. Um, but now it's like also in the, in, the, in the beginning of the pandemic, we we experienced that we were working in, in much more than we do now. It's like not more than we usually worked. Like like oh, well, when we started, we were sitting. Like you get up, you, you have a small breakfast and you go to your desk and then you work. And you nine hours later, you stop working or maybe 10 hours later because you, you feel like, okay, I didn't really do anything today, so I need to do everything. Um, so that was really hard in the beginning, but with, once the routine came in, um, it kind of gets better now. So we do not work, or well, I personally do not work too much now, not no overtimes, and that's really, really nice. So that's at least good. I'm lucky. But I, I thought the I thought the government um, they passed a law in Germany that if you are home, your boss can't call you and tell you to do some more work. Like once you're done, you're done. Like if if you have, oh oh, I don't know about this. Yeah, that's what we call like over hours. Uh, well, like there's official over hours when the boss has to say, yeah, please uh, work more because we need to get the job done tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, I have no I have no info about that. So. Um, no idea actually because we didn't use this because these um well i work more but then when i work more i am i am in charge of working less the next day or in a few next days so i kind of balance my working hours um but this is a different story from when your boss orders you to work more but that's an officially like over hour i would say yeah. um yeah, kind of. And then he needs to pay you more and stuff like this. And my company, um, they don't they don't order um, any over hours, so it's fine. Oh, they don't. Okay. No, no, they don't. Well, we 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 do work a lot, but also on my chart, it's my charge to get my um, yeah relaxation, <laughs> get my time off to relax and yeah. Well, it's when we last had a conversation um, when I was staying. Thank you very much again for staying in your apartment in Berlin. Oh, you're um, welcome. Um, when we were staying there, we had the conversation that the government does provide you education after uh, primary school, correct? Is that yeah. what you call it, high school? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they do provide you an education and you get to choose what you want. So if you want to become a carpenter, you can. If you want to get into graphic design, you can. Um, but because the entire country is so well educated that those degrees don't mean much. Yeah, it's at least it's different because we have this different um, educational system, and once compared to other states like the USA or to other to other countries, um, it's hard to get a and and how to yeah you don't know how to compare actually because like the um, we have different um, paths in school like you go to kindergarten and primary school, and then you go to the um, base school kind of mm -hmm. but you can also go to the um to a higher school uh, directly and do your a level ones so at either way either way you pass you stop work you stop going to school after like 10 years of school and then mm -hmm. you can go to a company and when they provide you another education form 
a kind of a specialized education. For instance, when you go to in the car industry, um, you usually like, you apply to BMW or whatever, mm -hmm. and then they take you from school with the age of 16, 70, and they put you, put you into school, and it's kind of like a half-time. You have half-time school and half-time work. And this goes on for, um, I don't know, two, three years or something like this. And after that, you become a, like a full-time worker. This is one way of going through educational life in Germany. The other way is when you, you pass your A-level um, or let, you do not stop at 10 years of school and then you go another further, two more years and pass your A-level, for instance, then you can go to um, university. And this is also provided by the government. So I, there's public schools, public um, high schools, and I didn't have to pay any fee, like just little fees. That's really nothing. And after that, you get a university degree and you can go wherever you want. So. Mm -hmm. But this is the one, on the other path when you go into the company. The good thing is that you get paid, right? You get paid for going to school and work, kind of like half half. Right. That's, that's yeah. That's what's super attractive. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like an apprenticeship. So BMW. I'm hoping you can answer my question on BMW because you just mentioned it. Yeah. They've been making really shitty cars. <laughs> What the hell? Because the whole thing about when you think of German cars, German vehicles, it's like it's reputation, it's trust. So yeah. it's like they kind of they go they go really bad after sixty thousand miles. That was never the case with old BMWs. Yeah. Oh, interesting you say that. I I have no car. I have actually no idea. Um, but I, what I experienced in the or at least what I read about the car industry in Germany is that they really suffer from all this um, software engineering. Because mostly they don't have the same skilled people in like in other countries, right? The coders are not there yet. And so they had a lot, like, especially like the cars had a lot of um, problems with electricity, for instance. Like there was, I think it was around 2000 or something. And when I talked to people about cars and like, oh, yeah, they are good cars, but like electricity. So something is always broken kind of. And now things nowadays, uh, nowadays it's like um, Tesla is coming up, right? And they do the electric cars, mm -hmm. and all the car manufacturers in Germany they literally they 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 lost it. <laughs> kind of, I don't know how, but like Audi, for instance, a hundred years ago they built the first electric car in Germany, but they stopped it for whatever reasons, of course. And then now they they built motor years for a hundred years. Oh. No, 100 years mostly, and um, motors and engines and stuff like this. And then now there's a new era of car manufacturing, right? And they are not prepared. That's so sad. Wow. And so, because now there's just like everyone is hyping Tesla in Germany. It's like mm -hmm. it's really, it's actually not not having points. When you are in, in uh, people, yeah, when you're into tech and stuff, you don't want to have a German car kind of. You mm -hmm. want to have a Tesla because it's like a symbol for something really groundbreaking. Really, an American yeah. car popular in Germany? That is it is it is insane. It's totally popular. Yes, so it wow. is also pretty expensive, unfortunately. Um, well, I mean, what's funny is actually it's not that it's it comes across as being difficult to get here in the states, but it's not that hard. Oh yeah, it's really hard. like I live in Berlin. At least where you have had to the infrastructure for. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, getting electricity, right? Charging your car overnight. Right. So there's a lot of public um, stations where you can charge your car. And then you, you put it there. And then when you pa pass, uh, walk past by these, and uh, I do on my way to work, um, then you see a lot of them, right? 
On the other hand, it's more like you have to have a house and you charge it in your garage and stuff like this. So easy. But usually, I think because they are mostly expensive, that's mm -hmm. not why they are so much around here. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, they cost to ship them over. I mean, yeah. Elon Musk should have just opened a Tesla in Germany. He would be all set. Yeah. yeah. We are super psyched because he's opening the Gigafactory in Berlin, right? So. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's close into Berlin. It's in the south southeast area. Um, there will be a new Gigafactory, and he's already building it, and it's super exciting. Um, I think it will be used for manufacturing batteries and parts of the Tesla models, but I'm not sure which one. And it's, it's groundbreaking because there's, like, imagine you're like a German car manufacturer, and then there's an, an American one, which is really disrupt, disrupts the whole, whole industry and putting a new factory into the, your country. And it's not just a new factory, it's like a gigafactory. It's, it's way bigger than everything you have, kind mm -hmm. of. Um, and it's a clean and much more modern workspace. So I think it's really it's a really strong signal for all German car makers, um, nice. but we will see. Well, the good thing in well the good thing from Germany is that we are so used to good quality car making, right? So mm. the cars and the the margins between the door frames are super super tiny and slim, and it just feels right to sit in the German well-manufactured car. Um, so, and I believe the quality, so the production quality, what I heard so far, isn't quite there yet from the Tesla models. So I think maybe, maybe we have some time to get up, I have no idea. But yeah. I think German car manufacturing is on stake here, kind of. Oh, wow. That's, that's a really, that's, that's mind-blowing right? here. That's mind-blowing. Yeah. That's, wow. I mean, so if you're a coder, if you're a coder here in the States, and you're pretty good at it, would, would that mean yeah. that you can get a job in, in Germany quite easily from the car manufacturers? Yeah, I think so you would. Really? Yeah, well. I think so. Because they are hiring and they need to hire. They have, they, have a lot of, um, they have a lot of open jobs and they have the need to build better software, better software mm -hmm. in the cars. And also they, they do a lot of um, cooperatives with other companies. So, for instance, like Nokia is building the old navigation systems, what I know, for all the cars, car makers in Germany. Mm. So they have a, um, yeah, they bundle up to tackle all these, what's going, coming from the USA, kind of. Wow. I wish yeah. I stuck out with coding. I can be in Germany. <laughs> yeah, you could be here. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I kind of gave up on it because it's not that I can't learn it. It's just... Yeah, I, I just have really bad dyslexia, so I just make more mistakes than yeah. You know, then I'm actually getting something done, so I gave up on it. Um, but why the coding shortage? I I thought there would be you know, that's the first thing that that, that would oh. jump on. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think um, historically speaking, I, I, I well, in, in my point of view, so you don't learn it in school. I don't know how it works nowadays, but unless you have a self-interest in doing digital stuff and doing coding, you, you have no touch point, right? So mm -hmm. if, you, if you want to be in the coding field, you have to have your own interest. It's not like they teach you in school and you can, you can have classes and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Well, at least I had, we called it, uh, it's German word is informatic, which is more like information, I don't know, 
information science kind of things. Mm -hmm. But it was really, it was really, really basic. And I think the German education system as well cannot keep up with um, changing technology or changing industries so fast. Right? When you're a coder, you will learn like, I don't know, 10 languages within the last five years because mm -hmm. everything changes so rapidly. And that's not what um, school can teach you, kind of. I think any school anywhere in, in the world. But it has to teach you more, um, more skills in how do digital things work, right? Mm -hmm. So how does an electronic car work, kind of? So at least you understand what is needed. So what is software, what is hardware, all these differences. So you can understand what is data architecture, kind of stuff like this. And I think we are missing a lot of this. And there's a lot of, um, yeah, like you, in, in the USA, you have this uh, show called Shark Tank, right? Mm -hmm. And it's huge. I think it's huge. And we have a German pendant. <laughs> and it's called um, Lion's Cave or the Cave of the Lion in Germany. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there are a lot of people in there. And one, one is really famous, um, digital, yeah, like an, an expert in digital field. And he's always complaining that, German people are not well educated in digital things, right? So, mm -hmm. which is, it's kind of, it comes, it comes when you go to university, but before that, you literally have really almost zero touch points. Well, I don't, to be fair, I, to be honest, I don't know how school works now. I think they have kept up, but I think it's a structure problem still. Yeah, because I know they started teaching kids uh, code quite early here in the States. Yeah. Um, it oh, probably that's just beautiful. yeah, it didn't probably just didn't catch on in Germany, you know, sticking with the the normal normal things because I mean the Germans I've met in present company included have been very very smart. So it's it's, <laughs> not, um, it's it's not like you all can't learn it, you know. It just yeah. it probably just wasn't implemented early enough, I guess. Yeah. Well, on the other end, I think life is just so interesting and you have to have an interest in a special field in, in, in technology science science and information information science stuff like this so yeah. but if you are more interested in languages or politics or whatever then it's um yeah, it's not appealing to you to get into sitting in front of a computer all day right and and code stuff so um i think the world will change like fast forward a couple of tens of years. So I think the world will change and that people do not need to code that much because maybe computers will code it themselves kind of. So, because that would be really smart actually, because you don't, you will pass by the shortage of coders. Mm -hmm. So in this, in this digital, yeah, digital in this yeah, revolution, it feels like that coders are kind of the same as an in industrial revolution, the workers on the steam machine. Mm -hmm. So right, we are we, like coders are the worker on the digital machinery. And after, I don't know, five centuries, and they will be replaced by something new. Would it be AI, whatever? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, Putin did say whoever uh, creates AI rules the world. So um, yeah, I guess it's not going to be Germany anytime soon. <laughs> uh, it's scary at least. Well, I mean, the USA is uh, they are USA are much much bigger than Germany. So, and I yeah. think you're way ahead, kind of. Yeah, in a few things, but as far as our politics are concerned, you know, we're kind of kind of waving to you from a good distance. So, <laughs> it's true. You know, I mean, I I don't know what to say about this election. I I don't know what to say about our politics and 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 um, you know, yeah. I, I know it's a big. You took the day off from work 
to watch our elections. And uh, did, did we not entertain, as they say in Gladiator? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> yeah, no? So, no, I wasn't prepared for an election um, which took this long. So, no. um, luckily, um, like, we are, like, I don't know, a few hours ahead, so I could work off my day. And then afterwards, I started watching and starting the news spreading. And I was... I was having, I don't know, CNN, the background or something like this and just watch, is there, is there anything happened yet? No, okay, already. And it, it took like the whole week, nothing happens. Like, okay, please, <laughs> there must be a winner already. <laughs> so yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, as far as the, I mean, the updates, what I have so far is um, Nevada, Pennsylvania, yeah. Arizona. Um, Biden is 253, Trump is 214. Yeah, but it looks like you know Biden's getting Pennsylvania, Nevada, and Arizona. Yeah, and he's yeah. won the popular vote. Um, what's funny with the whole uh, is that the Republicans wanted this ballot, the situation yeah. to, to be set up the way it is right now. They they wanted it, and and so now they're crying, "Oh, we didn't want this. This is you know fake fake votes and stuff like that." It's it's a, I mean. The, I hope people are looking at it and, and people learning from the situation to say, oh, the, the, here's where it's broken. Here's where things can be fixed. Yeah. Here's where things can be learned from and stuff. I'm, I'm hoping that's going to be the case, but um, yeah, it's, it's a mess. It's a real mess. And, and the reaction, I call my uncle who lives in Philadelphia. Um, he was saying that things down there are, are really bad. The yeah. shops are being broken into. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, it's not, it's not a good situation. And I feel, I feel, you know, a little bit frightened for my family in, in Philadelphia. Um, I, I'm a little bit scared for them. Mm. And I've got family live in Schenectady and I just, I just, everyone needs to calm down. Everyone yeah, needs to calm down. <laughs> exactly. That's what I feel. So it was so unimaginable for me to, to watch the news when Washington were putting up all these wooden boards up front of the windows and Washington was preparing for riots kind of I was like what is this this is insane it's like it's it, it's the the country where democracy was founded kind of at least in my perception well <laughs> there was a Greek and stuff of course but <laughs> <laughs> but um the americans like they these the the system works for so many years and and i think it's not i, I can understand i cannot understand when why why people are suddenly not trusting the system anymore and why there's so much disagreement between each party and that's so this is so weird. If it's, if it's like, I think you mentioned it. Like, like if, the, if the left will win, the right will be mad. And if the right wing will win, um, the left ones will be mad. Mm -hmm. So I think it's... So there's just a huge gap between all these people. And I didn't know how this come up in the last years, right? Yeah. It's, um, it's, been, it's been boiling for a while. It's been really, really boiling. I, I would say since um, my personal opinion... The, and I, I followed politics about half an hour a day, nothing more. You know, I don't want to get yeah. too sucked into it. Yeah. I, I mean, it's when you first start to control speech, as German history has taught us with the Brown Church trying to control people's speech, yeah. um, is that people are going to get mad. People are going to get really mad. Yeah. And there is a, um, uh, in, in Korean War, there were, there were more traitors from the U.S. to Korea than any other war combined. Mm -hmm. And what they did was they took away their identity. 
So, for example, they, they brought a captain in, in to be uh, interrogated. You know, mm -hmm. name ranking, serial number was a thing to do back then. So he was, you know, we're just trying to have a discussion. And he would say, look, I just want to know, do you have poverty in America? And they would say, you know, yeah, just, just write that down. So write down poverty. Do you have homelessness in America? Do you have uh, um, people, just all the things that are negative about America, you kind of wrote them down. It's like innocent conversation. Yeah. This is just one example. So then the, the, the captain of the camp would get on the, mic, on the loudspeaker and he would demean the captain he just interrogated, saying that Americans are homeless, Americans are impoverished and everything. So he would be labeled a traitor without really even betraying the country. Yeah. And then he would take on that identity as being a traitor. So now in the States, it doesn't matter if you don't agree with somebody, they're going to label you as a racist, a bigot, a homophobe, and it's not the case. So if you keep doing this to people, they're going to become that what you call them to be, mm. you know? So I, I, the identity politics has been really eroding this country quite a bit and it's not been fun. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's part of it. Also police actions yeah. the system and the system is really broken where cops get away with it. And it's not just the States. It's not, and everyone Absolutely. thinks it's just the States. You know, they get away with it in Spain. They get away with it in Canada. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it's just a power thing here. And yeah. Even in Germany. I mean, even in Germany, we have a, we have a huge problem um, with, the, with the police. I wouldn't say if it's huge, but we have a lot of racist policemen. And really? we have a lot of racists in the special forces. And kind of, it's, it's kind of boiling in there. And, but people are not... They're not bringing it up and nothing changes kind of, so they get away with it. That's what's really called. But also um, the government is aware of it and they try to, they try to figure out how this all could happen. Mm -hmm. But it feels like, I don't know, 50% of special forces are racist. That's so weird. So I'm really not racist, but I'm talking like Nazis. <laughs> kind of, they believe it. Really? Yeah, that's super weird. That's super weird. Because... <laughs> So when you mean by German special forces, are you meaning the army GSG nine or? Yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean the army kind of. Okay. Um, not not the police. Well, <laughs> but we have cases in both. So I remember, for instance, that there was a police officer arrested, and there was some police station as well in the Bavaria South where he was the the one policeman was hanging posters of Hitler. Still, and it was this year. It was like what? How? how could this happen you need to google this it's so weird i can send you the link it's i i wasn't like okay well <laughs> how could this boil up kind of well it's it's a felony in your country to do yeah. a, uh, to do yeah. a salute right yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah it's a felony it's a felony to to hang up hitler on the wall and to hang up yeah to do salute and kind of this i know it's it was some kind of poster or something so it was kind of hidden and but structured but there there's a lot of structural racism and and we call it new nationalists in the in the police and in the army as well is that of. because of the syrian refugee situation that, that occurred or no i i think it's more like a um how you say like when you you find your peer group kind of right mm -hmm. <laughs> because you 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 think you you have a strict thinking and you think you're your racist thought and then you, you go to the army when you're young kind of literally when you're 18 and then you meet people who might think as well. So and it's army is really like tough and um, it's, it's drilling you and it's like survival of the fittest thinking and stuff like this. 
So um, yeah, you find your peer group and then you can be in your peer group and evolve all the thinking and can, and can pass around racist jokes and stuff like this. And it's because you're inside this yeah, capsule community kind of, it's not go, It's nothing like you go outside and, and your thoughts go outside and you can speak to friends about your thought and they can clear up your mind. It's more like you stick together and you form your, your peer. Wow. It's maybe it's the same with the, um, in everything like in, in the, in the blue and white, uh, blue and, and red discussion, like Republicans, and Democrats in the USA, right? You are in your peer group. And when you're, once you're on your, in your groups, like, Someone, someone says, says something and everyone is agreeing, right? There's nobody saying, ah, maybe it's different. Just look at the facts and whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's on either side. So they just, it's just, they're just dividing kind of. Wow. I mean, um, with, our, with our friend Nikki, she was saying that um, guys who go into the military, the German military, um, are the least educated or the least um, respected as, as far as profession. Is that true? Um, I think, I think that changed a lot. I mean, yeah. and at least in my perspective, I, I honor the militaries. I, I didn't do service <laughs> to be honest, yeah. because back then when I was, I was at that age, I thought, okay, what the crap, I don't need to do this. Um, yeah. kind of. and luckily kind of when in the race I was ill and didn't need to do military service. And, but nowadays in time changed, right? We had a lot of big floods in, in Germany where actually the house of my parents was in danger. And then it was, I think it was 2008. So I was, and, and during the, all this time, like when I grew up, my, my view of the German military changed a little bit. So kind of as well. So especially when it's 2008, we have a big flooding in Germany and the house. So what happened was the military was setting up a camp in my hometown because one of the bigger rivers is close by and, um, so they set up a station there and actually it was really weird because there are so many military um, vehicles running through our, ci- our city. It was a small town and also helicopters flying over our head because they were literally protecting the, the riverbanks. So they, they mm-hmm. tightened it and they made it strong. They fortified so the flood will not put our house in danger and, and um, flood it all away. So... Especially this time, it was really, really great to see that we have such a functioning military in in Germany, mm-hmm. and especially that is put in for good cause and good use as well. So, yeah. Well, what's yeah. funny when you said organized and special military? I could you see, despite the fact that you you don't have enough coders, um, could you see your country? Could you see Germany? reacting and behaving the way that we are reacting today as, as U.S. government? Um, oh, yeah, that's interesting. I was thinking of how, I mean, what, what I see in, in the U.S. that people are getting, if people, people and thoughts are getting divided, I, I tend to feel that this happens in Germany as well, right? So um, when, you, when you look at the last couple of years or last couple of decades, uh, especially, it was always a no-go back in the 90s, for instance, to speak about um, right-wing thoughts, right? If you're really a nationalist, you couldn't publicly or couldn't, couldn't speak open-minded about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, all the thoughts, they arise again. So we, have, we, we are having in the last five, two years, there was a big discussion about the right-wing in Germany. 
and mm-hmm. that they rise again. And especially, I think it started somehow with the Syrian crisis. So, and it's it goes near like I think twenty percent in the in the voting. So as you can imagine, twenty percent of the German population is really conservative and also right right orientated, right wing orientated. And this is something we haven't had this before because literally there was Hitler and all the stuff, and there was the ultra nationalists, and they did all this bad stuff. So mm. it kind of divided after that. And then we have this um, political systems. And so there were no thoughts about being a nationalist again, mm. because you had this past and everything. It was, it was kind of, when you would, when you would thought about nationalists, there was always the danger of being put as a Nazi again. Right. Mm. So I think as time passes by, luckily, and I think it's okay to be a national, but it's not okay to be a racist. Mm. Um, but people in Germany, they are really aggressive anyways. So, and yeah. it happens so much now, especially in the COVID area. And it kind of mixes all together that there are people who do not agree with the COVID policy. So they go down on the street and there are people who do not agree with the German government. So they go out on the street and it kind of feels that they are the same. <laughs> so yeah. that's so weird because when you see the COVID demonstrations, this so with their hippies and then their neo-Nazis walking past by because they do not agree with the COVID government. And you, you, you look at them and you think, how can you march together? Because you two must have totally different understanding of how life would be, right? Yeah. So that is so weird. Um, but again, they kind of team up because they were, they're walking in the same demonstration. So that is what I tend to feel really, really weird. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's a two. Like when I was in California, I was on a bus with, uh, I, I looked this, I, I was going to get my motorcycle. And yeah. across the aisle from me, uh, there was a neo Nazi sitting next to an African American woman. And they're just sitting there calmly. And I thought, wow, you know, one destination is bringing them, you know, the destination is the only thing that would bring them together. And yeah. you know, to hear that, it's like COVID situation is bringing, people together. I just don't get it. I mean, if you have a rudimentary understanding of viruses and how they work, you'd understand that wearing a mask is really fucking important. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we call them COVIDiots. <laughs> COVIDiots? Nice. COVIDiots. <laughs> nice. But yeah. I mean, how, how bad is it in, in Germany as far as how many COVIDiots are there, I should say? Oh, I, I feel it's it's okay. So like most most of the country is supporting all actions taken, and I think most of the country are they do get what is on stake and do get what's meant. Um, what I feel weird is that I, I couldn't put it to numbers, but today there was a demonstration in Leipzig in Germany, and there were I think ten thousand COVIDians um, <laughs> to demonstrate against all these uh, COVID uh, actions and. It feels like this is a huge number, um, and this is now when you when you look at it in Leipzig. Leipzig has a very big history of being people like like having people who demonstrate a lot. So mm-hmm. in 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 former history, like the the famous Monday demonstrations, they started in Leipzig. So it feels weird to see that Leipzig again has kind of the need to demonstrate against something the government would put like, yeah, like put you into mm. and 
And that is what I feel happens with a lot of Germans as well. When you come from the Eastern, especially from East German regime and what happened then back then wasn't all right all the time, right? And now you see some pressure from the regime saying, do not go out. You cannot sit in the restaurant. So they're doing all the restrictions to you. It feels wrong, especially when you have had this all, all, your, all your life. And you, I think they fear that it will happen again, kind of like a dictatorship. Mm -hmm. um, funnily, like a few weeks ago, I was in a bookshop and I was, yeah, I, I met a people who I would claim was a COVID yet. And <laughs> because she, she, I was, I was talking to the, to, to the bookseller, to the woman in the bookshop. And then she was also having a look and she started the conversation, like something like, do you know, do you know anyone who, who suffer from COVID? I was like, of course I do. <laughs> Literally. Mm. So like, do you read news? <laughs> wow. <laughs> So, and, and it's so weird because people are dying from this and it's so sad to not see that people are dying. And what COVID it's always say is that it's not proven that the people who are dying have a correlation to COVID, right? Because mm -hmm. they say, well, there are a lot of people dying every year. Like we have a huge influenza season two years ago. There were many more people dying um, how can you say that COVID has any effect? So yeah. that is really weird. And they say something like, um, we don't have a over-mortality kind of, so they are not dying more people. And when you think about it, it's so weird because the argument would be like, do you really want that there were more people dying? Mm -hmm. So just to take action and that was that was just it felt just wrong right wow i mean well let's this you know take this full circle and talk about education in, in germany i know this in the states here it's not that great you know if you happen mm. to be in a certain location and born in a certain area you get a really good education um what's the edu like what's the educate because every german i've met except maybe for a handful of germans speak english like yeah. everybody, obviously, including you, it's like everyone <laughs> I met in Germany spoke English. So I, I kind of feel like I was in little America with an accent. <laughs> no, I, no, I think you're totally biased. <laughs> no, no, I, I couldn't say that. Like, of course, like most of the peers I, I hang up with, they speak English and most of them mm. speak English very well. Um, but just because I had like 13 years of school and I think within nine years of these, I have had English classes. So I learned English a long time. And then um, in my case, you know, I, I went abroad. I lived in, in America for half a year and then came back. But there are a lot of people who do not speak English in, in Germany, especially older people, of course, or like not millennials, but past millennials. It's really... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the older, but, the, but like yeah. your generation and, and younger, just the, yeah. the, Central Park and this kid was like, hi, how are you? <laughs> and I, I, I hear an accent. I'm not sure, but he's, he's from Germany. But it was yeah. just, his, his English was crisp, just like yours. It was amazing. But yeah. um, I just see there's a lot of interest in America from, from the Germans. Yeah, that's, that's totally true. I think that's yeah. true. And I think it's, uh, it's legit because <laughs> America, I honestly believe it's a, it's a great country and it has so much influence to our culture and our, how we live. 
And I thought about it today that the U.S. elections, they are broadly covered in the U.S. Um, media, I, uh, the German media, sorry. So I, that, I think that's, that's fine. And that's really, really nice. Um, I can't remember when, I don't know, Australian elections would be covered this, <laughs> that much, but, um, or Russian elections, or that's, for instance, right. well, Russians do not have elections. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Um, but, but I think that's, that's fine. I think, well, that's something we want to, at least as I, for my part, is what we want to have. Like we have the USA as a strong partner in the world and we want to keep the relationship happy as well. Mm-hmm. So, and I think there are a lot of people seeing this, um, that it's just, you know, everything is connected together and it's, it's a nice thing to be friendly to each other. Yeah. Um, but speaking of education again, I think there are, especially when it's hard for young people, if they do not get any touch point to English speaking people, and mm-hmm. then they lose it, right? They learn English in school, but after that they lose it. And this is totally natural. And in a city like Berlin, it's totally different because you cannot need to speak English to, to, yeah, to get along with other people mm-hmm. because it feels, at least it feels like half of population is not German in, in Berlin. So um, the other day I was um, walking to the city and in front of me, a, a woman, she was um, driving one of the scooter and it was really slippery and she fell. And while suddenly she had a really bad injury on the head. So, and it was like, it was bleeding. It was really, really deep wound. And so, and she was, she was from Spain or something, but she wasn't, she, she could speak German, but we switched to English because it was much more easier. <laughs> so, and then I called the ambulance and called the down and stuff like this. And the ambulance, for instance, they didn't speak English. <laughs> but it's so, yeah. hey, Wow. Well, well, broken English, I would say, but it's not, um, it was okay. So then they switched back to German, I guess. Um, yeah, but that's what my feeling is. Like every second person you meet in the city, you could talk English to, at least well, in I Berlin. Mean, everyone's German is better than my German. Jesus. I mean, one guy said, um, he said, to, I forgot what he said to me. And I said, nine Sprechens in Deutsch. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I thought it meant I don't speak German. But it's not. <laughs> it means you don't speak German. Yeah, it's more like a question. Like, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I can totally understand. I'm so happy to be, uh, yeah, to be able to speak German as a mother tongue because it's, 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 it's hard, hard to learn. It's hard. It's really, it's, it sucks so much to learn German. Yeah. <laughs> really no, it's not easy. I mean, um, but it could have helped me that one time when I was in the, the pharmacy. Do you remember that story? Uh, uh, was it about headache or something? No, no. Oh, tell me, tell me again. Oh, I'm kind of embarrassed. I, I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> I mentioned it. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. Oh man, you can cut it out. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, no, I got to confess. No, I know I told you, but we were in the bar with Nikki and um, and Salome was there, so um, she needed some um, tampons. Mm. And, and then uh, she said, you know, can you go pick them up for me? I said, I've done it before in the States. What's the big deal? So well, sure. I get to the pharmacy in uh, Freiburg and I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh my God, that looks like a tampon, but I don't believe it is. You know? <laughs> so, and then I'm looking around, I'm looking around. And it's like, oh God, it's like, you know, Sprechen's English, Sprechen's English here. And so yeah. all I'm to this, this one woman, this one uh, clerk. Yeah. 
And so there's a line waiting for it. So I just kept thinking, like, how do I say it? How do I say it? I tried to go on my phone. There's no reception to, like, get the words out. Like, so I went up to her and I just said, I'm, I'm looking for tampons. And then she said, uh, uh, yeah, that doesn't get it. Like, tampons, <laughs> tampons. I'm like, shit, doesn't get yeah. it. Like, you know, of course, my creative brain goes a little bit nutty. And so what I do is I simulate punching myself in the nose. And then I use my fingers to <laughs> use my fingers to simulate blood coming from my nose, and I point towards my my crotch, and, uh, <laughs> and so you know she's like, "Got it." <laughs> Hilarious! Yeah. I love it. So then we go downstairs, and she shows me where the tampons are, and I just thought, "God, I am, I I am gonna learn German." <laughs> but yeah, that was just like, what can I say? I, 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 yes, it's like, um, no, but it's I just I just. In the states, people look up to like even the, even though you're fascinated by by American culture and you're influenced by American culture, we look up to Germans as, as like excellence. Like if you wow. had to sum it up, German Germans in one word, what we look at is always excellence. Wow, yeah, that's great to hear. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Jesus, I mean, Bayern Munich won uh, you know six trophies in one year, and yeah, you know, football. I've noticed that in Germany, like in Leipzig, the Like people who like Leipzig tend to be a bit more or more right wing. Yeah, yeah, that's... yeah, yeah. Like each football club in in Germany has its own like political party, mm. where the more the more leaning. Is that true? Mm. Yeah, and I think well, right wing, well, nationalists at least, kind of. So, well, I would say people in 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 the germany in the eastern german parts are just more grumpy kind of <laughs> they're just grumpy it's not like they are really interested in politics um it's just like they do not agree with everything it's like more like leave me alone i'm, I'm like grumpy old people and yeah that's so sad and i i i i have no idea why is that um But funnily, um, what I notice is when you when it's when you take a look at the COVID map at, to to yeah. make a shift in the current situation, it's like the western part of Germany they they struggle much more than the eastern parts of Germany, like the hmm. former eastern parts. And I thought, okay, there could be billions of reasons, right? So the less populated and but whatever they, I think east like former East German people because of their grumpiness, kind of, <laughs> not generally speaking, but it kind of feels that they do not like to go out that much mm -hmm. and they are totally fine sitting at home, watching TV or doing whatever. So what they like. So, so, so they have, it feels like they have less of a problem being physically distanced. Mm -hmm. Although there are a lot of people in what is, uh, what I just told mentioned that they are demonstrating It is the map at least. So statistics shows that they are less, um, yeah, less injured. I would say from the COVID area, well as the Western German parts are having. Yeah, they are suffering heavily. Honestly, when you look at it, it, it must have something like population density, something like this. Yeah. <laughs> But it, it, it just makes such a good thought in my head. So that Eastern people are grumpy. That's why they don't meet <laughs> other people, and yeah. You were born and raised in East Germany. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. I, I was born in, in when you, when you took, look at the map of East Germany, it's uh, mostly in the mid, Midwest area. So it was mm -hmm. like an hour to, to the border. Mm -hmm. 
And funny story is when I look out through my window, I, I live on the Berlin Wall kind of. <laughs> when I look out my window, I see the Berlin Wall. Can I, I could see it if it would be still there because I yeah, our apartment is right next to the to the border. Wow. And yeah, but um I was you know, I was born eighty-five and um there was like when I when the wall came down, I was four. So mm. I don't have really much of a memory of the um, of the time back then, of course. Yeah. Um, but after that, it's like when my memory begins. It was the nineties kicked in, right? <laughs> so mm. and I was a nineties kid, and it was it was the funniest and happiest time ever. So I mean, if you remember the nineties, you had the eighties before, right? And the blooming crazy eighties in the USA, right? Mm-hmm. And even West Germany had the crazy 80s. But the 80s in Eastern, in former East Germany, were just grayish. <laughs> they yeah. weren't that happy. And, and so when, when the war came down and the, the 90s, they just could, could kick in. And I had really a great time. I, I remember vividly like skateboarding on the street for my, in, in front of our house. So not knowingly what actually happened for my parents back then, it was way, way different. And they were like 30-ish when the wall came down and the reunion uh, happened. And um, yeah, they saw everything with different eyes, right? I was a kid. I was like from nine, from, from five to five, six, seven, eight. So I just had a blast anyway, in any country I could have a blast. So, um, but my parents actually, um, they both lost their jobs after after the reunion um mm-hmm. because yeah just because the the economy in in former east germany was really really bad and after the country um yeah was gone <laughs> that's so funny when i <laughs> i can say I, I was born in a country in a country which doesn't exist anymore right yeah yeah that is totally wow out of my mind um <laughs> yeah but um you know, when, when the, the country, when the u- reunion happened, um, the companies, they didn't have a purpose anymore. M- mm-hmm. Most of the companies in Eastern Germany had, didn't have a purpose because products were bad. Um, they had production um, for a plan and the plan didn't make any sense now. So um, they, couldn't, they couldn't afford to have this company open. And also there was a huge plan or like a huge task for the government to integrate another country into your country right mm-hmm. the former west germany and the east germany when they when they yeah mingled together to build the new germany they they needed to come up with a solution mm-hmm. so they were a political system which didn't work and all what comes with it is that the eco- economy was really bad right so they were mm-hmm literally no machines there were literally no no material no things um east german were producing car cars and these cars were mostly made out of cardboard wow and it was really the technology was way behind in in most ways way behind the western standards and that was interesting interesting an interesting task and i'm lucky that i'm (laughs) i was like four years old five years old so i didn't have anything to do with it (laughs) i could Mm. just live my happy life um yeah but i think my parents struggled really really hard back then well how was the transition for them from being east german to to the new brand new world yeah well in addition we we i grew up like i didn't grow up in berlin so it was totally different on the countryside um my 
Yeah, my hometown is really, it was, it was really, really great in the East German, former East Germany, because it has a huge hospital. It was, it was known for, and they had a lot of infrastructure back then, but it all fell apart. There's some, so weird. It all fell apart after the reunion. So um, they closed the, the hospital. Um, they closed a lot of machine, like a lot of companies and a lot of industry was closed. So the um, unemployment rate rose up, I think 15, 20% stuff like this. Um, so I think, my, what was it? My parents, we moved back then. So my parents, they were, they were unemployed for a couple of years. And my mother, um, she was thinking, what could I do? So what she did is she, she went back to school. She mm. went back to school and she learned a new job in the um, education system I was mentioning before. Right? When you go into a company and you have an apprenticeship for three years. And beside that, you go to the um, public school and to do your exams. And um, she, was, she was a former electrician and she was uh, used to, to build up um, televisions. She, she um, assembled them together in a, in a factory and then she got, went back to school and she learned, um, what is it called? We say it's, um, if, if you, if, imagine if all people they do hear, hearing helps. What is the word, English word for? Hearing, hearing aid, I think. Hear yeah, hearing aid, right? Yeah. And, and she, um, she went to school and, and learned everything about adjusting and um, about the ears and to how to, to, to adjust hearing aids suitable for the people. And, and then she worked in a company where she did just that, right? She was talking to elderly people and giving their help with their hearing aids and, and you know, learning all this medic, medical stuff, like how does, a, how does your ear work? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so she had to learn it. And she was, yeah, she was my age back then. Oh, God. <laughs> Mind blown. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and funny is my father, my father used to work in the same factory as my mother. Um, that's, where they, that's where they met. And, um, and yeah, when the factory was closed, so my father was unemployed for a few years and then he, he was, he was um, working. He found a new job in the capital of um, the county I was living in, in Magdeburg. Mm -hmm. And he was working on a bowling alley. How do you say bowling alley? Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And, and that's where he's still working now. Really? Like for 20, yeah, it's super interesting. And it's so funny because it makes a gap. Like he's working in American sports, sports bar kind of, not sports bar, but he was all together connected. In his, and he was working for Brunswick in the, up first, but then um, nowadays they, they think they sold it. It's now it's called Bowling World. Mm -hmm. and, but he's still like, imagine it's like 20 years ago, <laughs> over, over 20 years ago, he found this new job and he's still working in this job. And I think is, that is how a lot of Germans imagine their, their life being. So yeah. Find a job and do this for the rest of your life. Kind of. and, and that pertains to both East and West Germans. They just want to stick yeah. with it. Yeah. 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 It's the same both. Yeah, but, you know, I do admire people who can stick it out with one job for such a long period of time. I, I, I myself can't do it. I can do it. Now, the job I have now, yeah. I can do for the rest of my life. But other jobs I've had in the past, no way. No, yeah yeah just it's like yesterday i celebrated my very last day working in customer service and i actually cried 
Oh. Yeah, because I, I just, like, the relief of not having to deal with people's peccadillos, people's little quirks and stuff like that. We have a meme here in the States. Uh, states. I don't know if you've heard it. It's uh, the Karen memes. Um, no. Yeah, no, it's, if you go on YouTube, you look it up. It's like a, we, we, what, we, what we call a woman that is obnoxious, uh, rude, uh, verbally abusive behavior. Uh, we call her Karens. You know, people who just, you can't, you can't make them happy no matter what you do. They'll get in your face and scream at you and they're just yeah. looking for a fight. So we call them Karens. Karens. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Where does somebody, it come from? It's it, mo the majority of the people that have had this really bad behavior are named Karen. Which <laughs> is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. okay. So yeah. you better not name your kid to Karen. Oh, not for a good couple of generations. I mean, at least yeah. 10, you know, yeah. otherwise that's going to be it. But yeah, it's uh, in the States, we have a thing here called uh, Karen. So, but it's just so nice to be in a vocation where I can work around people who are craftsmen. You know, I, mm. I, I truly, truly love it a lot, but like, yeah. So the country, Germany, which people don't realize is actually a brand new country compared to the States. Because I guess Germany's only been around like 210 years. Before that, it was Prussia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's funny you mention it because I had this discussion with my colleagues. And, you know, we all, we all follow the elections. And um, we, I have a colleague. Um, she's from the States originally. I, I forgot where she came from. But, you know, she moved to Germany. And um, so we tended to <laughs> chatting about the U.S. elections, and one of my other colleagues he said, "Wow, this system is so, um, you know, it's so bad." I was like, "No, it's not bad. It has worked for two hundred whatever years. Can you do, can you please just think about what happened two hundred whatever years before in Germany? We had a kingdom, <laughs> we had a kingdom, we had a dictatorship, we have a, a socialism, we had a de facto dictatorship." And now we have a democratic system. So like, it's not the same. <laughs> so it's like, but yeah. this system, it kind of, it's weird. And I don't get it as a German and as a, with a view on the US. It's like, why is it so complicated? <laughs> so why yeah. is it not a direct voting, whatever? But at least it worked for 200 and what is 76 or so 250 years almost. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Things make it back on track. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, but like, what was, like, what, what were the stories that you heard from your parents growing up or what East Germany was like? Because um, I know like one every four person, fourth person was Stasi employee, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, let's, oh, well, that's the story. Um, I think the most hilarious story I, <laughs> I heard from my parents is that they, how do you say, they slept in the reunion? Really? <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. so funny because I, I asked him so hey, hey in October you know 9th of October in, in 89 what did you do it's like yeah we watched television and there was like it was so much going around we went to sleep <laughs> 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 and what is what is speaking here is that I think for you as as a non-German is you need to understand that is for most Germans it is It, it was a big thing, but it wasn't an immediate big thing, right? We all know these pictures of people getting in on, on the barriers and, you know, pushing against it because some guy in the television said they can now uh, leave the country when it, on, on, on will. So, um, but that is the case for just a tiny amount of people. 
And I'm actually living pretty close to the um, to the Bonhomer Straße where this happened. It's like next station, and and um, but I think most the majority of Germans they were like my parents. They were just like regular people living their regular life, like easy people living easy life. And so politics was so far away, and especially this moment when the guy in the in the press conference uh, said that they could you know like travel immediately kind of um most people didn't recognize because they didn't watch the press conferences because they were so boring and nothing happened in them <laughs> i mean i i don't watch press conferences of my country <laughs> And, and I and I like the political system and stuff, you know. But and and so so I think it was that my my parents told me so. And they say, okay, when when did you do so? And they they told me the next day. Um, so they slept and they woke up the next day. They wanted to see what was going on, and so they get in the car and went to the border, but they couldn't get there because um, the autobahn was stuck. There were so many people in the autobahn. There was so, you know, you couldn't find it. Was, they were just, just stuck. And wow. so after a time, um, um, we turned around. And yeah, I think that tells the story of um, how the union works for most of German people. Um, mm -hmm. They just need to take time to get into it. Yeah. Yeah, because because you hear all these stories about people who lived in lived near the wall and stuff, they they couldn't talk badly about the country because the Stasi would then report to something. Yeah. And yeah, you really didn't have any friends. It's it really it's like you couldn't trust your. It's almost got to the point you couldn't trust your partner. Yeah, you weren't too sure if they were working for the Stasi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is totally true, and um. That is so sad. I mean, also my parents told me stories about like when my father, you know, like he was young and he was hanging in the bar and he had friends. And when you say the wrong thing, um, something bad about um, the government, for instance, right? The next day you don't come to the bar because you were picked up and brought somewhere for interroga interrogation and stuff like mm. that because they questioned your loyalty to the country. And if you were lucky, you get to prison or you get out of whatever and where you were turned over to work for the, um, for the Stasi. But if it went bad, you, you went sent to prison. And yeah, people died in prison because they were not, they did not agree with the political, political party. And yeah, and that's why, you know, like it, it wouldn't be bad. Like if it wouldn't be bad, people wouldn't flee the country. And there were millions, millions, millions of Germans um, who fled the country. And my grandparents didn't, um, but the, the grandparents of my, of my girlfriend, they did. Yeah. So both of them. And I know the story of, um, of uh, the grandmother of Ariane and the grandparents. They literally, with the kid and the kinderwagen, like, like carriage bag, they went into the forest and they went kind of like, we want to uh, look for a mushroom stuff like story. Mm -hmm. then they crossed the border somehow you know like they had to look you know like for the military and stuff and be really really careful and then when they 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 just passed the border they left everything behind um before they had a shop in in potsdam which is near berlin and um they were a watchmaker so and what the grandfather picked like his famous watchmaking gear so he could like settle in west germany and get a watchmaker job again 
and yeah and then they picked just like essentials into the into bags and they fled over the country it was a time when it was still possible to flee mm -hmm. um because after a while when they built the wall it wasn't it was possible anymore it was really dangerous actually yeah wow yeah and this is also because like, like most like both of Ariana's parents they fled um like grandparents fled um mm -hmm. so and if it wouldn't come to reunion we wouldn't have met right so it's so weird <laughs> that's lucky yeah and very lucky yeah i mean from what i what i've heard from people who live near uh before the the wall came up it was one night they just they went to sleep and the next morning there was a wall yeah kind of, i think i think it took a week well the wall you know, it took a week to build it or, or like some time to build it. I don't know for, for how long, but actually it's like they put up a border instantly. It's like, mm -hmm. and then there were like people put, yeah, they're going on routes and you say like, go away, go away. Especially the situation in Berlin was really, really close. Like East Germany was huge. So the border couldn't be put up within one day, but in the forest and stuff like this, but in Berlin, it was actually like, really 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 fast so it was one day and they put up a, a border and then they put up the wall in 60 61 i guess yeah wow. that's so that's i mean I, I grew up with you know the hearing about the wall the east yeah. people trying yeah. to cross over and that was my childhood and yeah to, to have been there when the wall came down was unbelievable it was fantastic yeah um you know to see the unification and everything was 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 quite beautiful yeah know? and people just embracing the change i'm like what's the change what's the change but i also knew that yeah people from west germany um were hesitant about having people from east germany come over and like taking away their money taking away the finances taking away the oh yes taxes. yeah yes that's so nasty i mean you can watch it on television um a lot of west german people they didn't like the East German people to come over because of what this just said, like they feared that they will get money without working and all the, all the patterns you hear today, it's the same back then, like 30 years ago, like everything. And what, what's also interesting is a lot of German people, um, they didn't want to have the wall, but they didn't imagine that they, they wouldn't have a country next year, right? They just wanted to travel, but they liked their life and they liked the country, like most of them, right? Um, most of them could live an easy li living in, in Eastern Germany. So um, they wouldn't agree with the, all these restrictions and not traveling and not, we're not a, you know, do, allowed to travel. But they, so they wanted to get rid of the world, but they didn't want to get rid of their country. Mm. I think nobody would want that. Um, so it was really, I think it was really catastrophic for the East Germans to see what was happening then, um, which was pure logic, right? So out of economy reasons, when you, when you see that the country was super broke, it just didn't work. Um, out of pure logic, it has to fall down. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I think nobody wanted that. And a lot of people, they refused to accept that their country didn't work and their social system and kind of didn't work and their government didn't work. So when, especially in that was, I think a lot of East German people also are struck with and they suddenly it was over. It was like traumatizing these people. 
the country mm -hmm. was gone. It's mm -hmm. like, imagine, imagine the USA would be gone uh, next year out of... It's looking it, likely. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's looking you, very you likely. Cannot, you cannot imagine. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like... <laughs> and um, so then uh, the reunification should happen and then East, Western, like Western German people, um, they were really afraid that, you know, like they were having so much stuff and now they should share it. So I tend to feel that not all of the Western Germany, but a lot of Western German people, they wouldn't want to share. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it's, um, and how, how long do you think that transition took? Do you think it took a couple decades or like five years for, for East and West to, to comfortably come together? Yeah. yeah, I think it's still ongoing. Really? Yeah, oh. because so many people are still talking about East and West Germany so many people and it's, it makes sense because the generations are still living right mm -hmm. so even my parents i think they logically they divide in in east and west germany there are still people who convert everything they buy into the old currency to see and check if it's expensive or not kind of <laughs> because wow. they are not used to the new currency wow i mean the euro must freak them out Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. No, and also you can see it's like there's a there's pay gap, um, right? So East Germans do earn less than West Germans. And so, and they still, after, you know, when the unification happened, um, the, the government said, okay, like richer counties should pay like kind of a tax to balance all the incomes. So the reunion, reunification should happen faster. So it's a faster reunion because we, you know, like support the East, U East U German industry and stuff like this. And yeah, but still in the people's head, I think it's still there. I think also because some people lost their country um, and technically also West German people left, lost, lost their country because now it's a federal Republic of Germany and before it was West Germany. Um, Yeah, but because of people lost their country, they still are uh, traumatized and say, okay, right. That, but that's the others, the others, and it's not, it's not ours. And now taking turn to all the demonstrations happening in East Germany, I think that is kind of something they must feel because they want to, you know, like get a feeling of, I am important, I have a vote, you took away my country, you took away my government, so it's not happening again, I'm against this and that. Maybe something like this is happening as well. So that's really hard. And it's what I, what I learned with the you know, discussion with the woman in the bookshop, like kind of, I felt that she was, she didn't want to get a suppressive um, government, which says what she is. She was kind of fearing the government is telling her what to do and what not to do, even though it was perfectly common sense. Yeah. And even though, as you would say, we have not a really strict government, I mean, I just, I'm not able to sit in a restaurant. I have to order takeaway. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's the lockdown and the shutdown we are, we are speaking of right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's. But speaking of shutdown, um, what was it like? What was what was it like for the country to take in so many Syrian refugees? Because I know you had a, you helped a, you helped a couple, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't know the numbers, um, 
but I think, um, yeah, I, I actually don't know numbers, but it was, it was five years ago, right? 2015? 2015 was the refugee crisis or it started 2015 when they, yeah, uh, yeah kind of. Yeah. And um, so for now, I would say we took it really like out of German, you know, economic perspective, I would say we took it perfectly. So there were no, no reasons why we shouldn't have done this. So actually, mm. um, I have actually, I have a couple of friends who were these Syrian uh, refugees. And um, back then when living with Nikki, we also um, took one for a few nights to, to, uh, to sleep on our couch to learn more about it, to get them help. It was back in 2015 when they were just like, there were no camps to go. Um, until they they um, managed to find a place for him to live and what i what i experience is well i can speak from living in berlin and i would say like living in new york is not like living in the us and living mm -hmm. in berlin is like not living in germany and mm -hmm. what what my parents i still live in you know down <laughs> town side and in the countryside and things Things are different there, I would say. I remember a, a talk with my family back then, and they were not happy about the uh, Syrians, about, uh, about refugees, not Syrians in particular. So, but in Berlin, I would say we took it really well. And I think, um, yeah, I um, had to say, like, we, there is no reason so, so, when when you came here, we the government took a lot of um, into like like initiatives to help them, but also um, they had a really hard life, right? Because mm -hmm. mostly they are not integrated a lot, and they live in camps, kind of like like building blocks or like um, whatever old army built housings or new built housings, housing areas, so where they can stay safe. Um, but it's not like they are super, super integrated um, for mostly. Well, I have a few friends, as I mentioned, and one of them, he is studying, he was an architect in Syria and he studied architecture in, in Germany as well. He had to because um, German government refused to accept his, um, his education. Yeah. yeah. So, and he did it and um, he knew German and stuff and he's, he's really, he's going along really, really well. And the thing is, I am so disappointed about is that this crisis is still ongoing, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's been five years and there's, I have no idea, but there doesn't seem like there's a solution. And so, is it and he's- They're they having, a, like some of the Syrian refugees are having a hard time adjusting or vice versa, or there's still some resentment to them coming in or? Yeah, I think most of them are pretty lost still because when you, I mean, when you flee a country and you're somewhere new, then it's like, what do you do, right? So you need mm -hmm. to find, you need to integrate and you find structure in a new life. And there are a lot of, a lot of support from the, um, from the people living here. That was, I was blasted from how much support was given. Um, also there's support from the, from the government. Um, but still, um, you can you can go to school, for instance, or you can go, but you will as a as a refugee, you will still face racism in school. Um, the guy I was mentioning who was studying ar architecture, 
he was he was having a racist teacher in school and the teacher was really i think it's a known problem in there in the university but he was facing problems because he couldn't he was getting bad grades because he was from another country wow and it's like and he was really saying stuff like yeah i have no idea where you learned that you learned this and that but in our country we do it like this and my my friend said yeah um i took the class last year with you and that's where i learned it <laughs> so kind of <laughs> right wow and it's so oh. it's deep and yeah and so that's what i mentioned like like some people in germany are still racist so i bet i guess it's like in every country in the world so why wouldn't it be different in germany yeah. so it's i was telling a friend of mine the other day you know human she says humans suck humans suck people suck and it's like well as long as you're yeah. living on planet earth you know as long as you're living here you have to learn how to play the game and get along with other humans yeah and if, and if you think you can exclude each other from this planet guess what you're wrong Yeah. You know, if you if you can put them on another planets, go for it. But you can't. We all have to live live together and get along. Yeah, so except, exactly. Except you know, except the differences. But unless, of course, somebody's crossing your boundaries, then you don't have to. Well, I I think you're totally right. Like people will be, yeah, they will they will suck, and you have to accept it, kind of. Um, but I think it comes to a real problem when, for instance, like people like like university teachers are, are treating other people like not fair. So unfairly yeah. they're putting them into bad grades and they literally like this could destroy their, their future because they, he or she would get bad grades afterwards. It's like, why? Right. And uh, what I said is, is like in Berlin, I feel that most people are really accepting um, that there are people from coming from other countries who need help and are willingly giving help. And it feels like that in other parts of uh, where my parents live or where my, my family lives in, in, in Eastern Germany, that people are much more conservative there and are not that willingly giving help. So and it doesn't make sense to me. So, right. Because there, there's nothing taken from them. Right. There's so many space, so much space. So, so many options to, to give housing to people who need housing right now. Mm. Um, so so they just i think they just fear change mm -hmm. and that's what we talked about before right? so life is not a constant life is changing yeah you just need to accept that life is changing and and that there will be change all the time even though you don't want to yeah you can i mean today is never going to happen again and you yeah. know august august uh, no fuck what is it november 6th or 7th whatever This day, this event's never going to happen again. I mean, enjoy each moment, and I, and I feel like yeah. where the huge change has been in me is like I'm I'm just more aware of my moments, just more aware of myself, my actions, why I do what I do, and I realize just how much of me has been programmed from the past, how much of me yeah. has been programmed based on the fears, the worries, and the and the doubts and everything that that I saw, and it's not it's not real anymore. Mm -hmm. My body, my mind still thinks that it is that time. You know, mm. so when you're when you're conditioning yourself for that behavior, you're going to have that that outcome. But you're you're right. Like people don't want to accept the fact that the world's changing. We're getting closer. Yeah. And you know, it's a good thing. It's okay. You know, yeah. It's it's totally fine. You're going to have some people resisting against the change, and some people are willing to do whatever it takes to make sure it doesn't change. And that sucks. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's Yeah, it's. I mean, we need peace, man. We got to stop fucking fighting. We got to. We got to stop this horse shit about not getting along, you know, yeah. except for differences.
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yesterday I was watching the, uh, also what is the word for, I'm watching a speech from uh, John McCain um, and he was, when he was losing the election, he held a speech, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I was so, I was so impressed by this, um, how humble, even though he lost the game and they, you know, like obviously Obama and McCain had totally differences in how the world should be led or how the government, the, the country should be led. He was super humble and he accepted, he accepted his victory and said, okay, he's a decent man. So, mm-hmm. and he fights for a better America, just like I did, just in another way. Mm-hmm. But still, um, you know, like let's be united and let's fight together for a better America kind of. Well, I mean, you're right. And the thing is that it's the last election that we had. I, I voted for the lesser two evils and, yeah. and I hated it. I hated it. I'm tired of having two choices. Yeah. I want to have three. Yeah. And the only positive about, and again, I say this and people can go you know, kiss my ass if they want to read more into this. The, the only positive about Donald Trump getting elected is the fact that it should be anybody should run for election. You know, yeah. could be anybody, you know, yeah. any American should be able to run for the presidency of the United States. Yeah. You know, it just because the world is getting more complicated, it usually can't be that person. It, it, it can't be that person who's never doesn't know how to sign a paycheck. Yeah. You know, it can't be that person because things are a bit more complicated. But and that's the only positive. Like somebody outside of the political system finally got elected and and that's it. It just happened to be Donald Trump. And that sucks. Because, like, <laughs> it, it, you know, the, the guy just, it's all about him. It's really mm-hmm. all about, and I feel like it's all about me in this conversation. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no. Um, it, it just, it's just all about him. Mm. It's all about what he wants of what's going on and how good I look. And now with him not being elected, it's like, what a slap in the face. Yeah. You know, yeah. and th- does he need it? absolutely because you can't say dumb shit all the time yeah. and not people not people be pissed off about it you know regardless of how you know the, the economy was better the corona you know the covid the, the covid 19 he fucked up hmm. you know, he yeah fucked up. and he's and he had fucked up and it's like all we had to do is just wear a mask we had just help pe- somebody in florida just say stay where you are this yeah. sucks yes businesses can't open up and everything would be back and back in order again but yeah no yeah yeah that's a weird thinking like I, I was thinking about it's like imagine we could physically distance everyone for three weeks imagine it would be possible um then the all the whole thing would be over in three weeks right yeah the the whole thing and that is so weird when you think about it it's just because people are not willing and accepting to physically distance each other well in some cases, it doesn't work that way, or mostly. So it's just a, a mind experience uh, experiment. But I think it's it's uh, to, like it's mind blowing, right? So we 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 wouldn't have to have it all this and this. Yeah, I mean, so another subject. What when did you find out about the Holocaust? I guess it was a school. <laughs> I mean, it was the first, I mean, like when you're like seventh grade, eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it must be some time of that. Well, um, well oh, oh, I have a deep memory of being a child. And then, well, it's not related to the Holocaust, but 
um, a deep memory of being a child and playing on the um, uh, playground, right? And there were all these um, symbols from the from the neo Nazis, like these swastikas. They were all like burned into the wood and stuff like this. So, I imagine when I was telling like in the nineties, we were playing around those, but I didn't grow up in a nice area, <laughs> so it was more like, like a, a ghetto ghetto area thingy, really poor and you know like suffering from the unification and stuff. Um, but the whole topic about Holocaust, I, I think it must be in school and yeah, maybe 15, no, it was early, I think 14, 14 something when it brought up in school. And usually, um, it was like watching films and stuff. So I also have a vivid memory of Schindler's List, which was really, really, really deep back then. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I, I may watch it way too early. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, stuff like this. And it's funny you asked me because um, I was I was asked by an American before, like if I would learn anything about or what would I learn about World War II in school. So like I was like, yeah, we would teach or thought we were taught that we lost, right? <laughs> so <laughs> so like it's um, it's interesting, and it's like yeah, I can imagine that in other countries. Um, like dealing with such a mess, um, they may would have dealt different with it. But yeah, we, we have it as a must in school. Um, I think it's a, in history class for whole year, stuff like this. So we have the um, World War II in, in topics for a whole year. And we also have the um, German division, like or the, yeah, reunification for at least a year. Mm -hmm. and nation building and stuff like this so we we learn a lot about it doesn't mean i know a lot about it right right <laughs> but at least it's open and and honest right and I we mean, also since since i live in berlin since i live in berlin i have also been to the concentration camp nearby mm -hmm. at uh, sachsenhausen and seen all these left what is left of this area in time yeah that, when i saw that i was i was physically shaking when i left it was, yeah. it was, yeah, it was just yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah, That's really super this. intense. Yeah, I mean, but really what blew my mind more than anything when, when you when you left, um, left the camp were, were the houses outside, how everything was just fucking normal. Yeah. Like, like what was going on, you know, yeah. shootings, murders, you know, yeah. people being worked to death, literally, and... Yeah but just a few feet away. It's like these normal white houses with their little, little fences and stuff like that. It's, I mean, how do you come home from that? Hi, honey, how was, how was today? Well, you know, I made some guy uh, yeah. work himself to death. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really. So you had a good day, you know? Like, how do you, like, how does, I don't. How does this work, right? So yeah. you, you think about it. How could people actually believe that other people are, you know, like less valuable? Like these people are shit, like Jews are shit. They shouldn't walk on the pavement right mm -hmm. stuff like this they have no right to live and stuff like this so it's it's really weird and i yeah i think honestly it's um how, how people grew up right it's all connected when um they whatever people back then like 70 years ago 80 years ago 90 years ago they had rough times when they were kids and they were growing up and the schools were different. It were like really, really hard schools. I, um, people were beaten in school. And so there was so much violence, even though as a kid, they experienced 
much violence as a kid, people mm. back then. So I think it must be easy for them to put some of this violence they experienced out and let it out, let it out to someone who think, they think they deserved it. Um, stuff like this, right? And also, it was a time where, where back then, um, so that's no excuse, right? But when you were against this political system, you were literally in danger of your life. Like, you, you couldn't say easily that... Um, all this is happening and, mm -hmm. and Hitler is an idiot and stuff like this because you may be shot, right? You may be shot on the street. <laughs> it was yeah. a time where, 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 yeah, it was like the, the, the Hitler has a really strong police back then, right? So um, people were caught and murdered and all the time. And that is really, really, really weird. Although there, there is a difference between German people and Jewish people, right? So German people had have had more rights, although they are not like threatened as a political enemy kind of. Mm -hmm. um, I read about it, about some architect um, who, was, um, who was designing the sign on the um, KZ in Buchenwald. Mm -hmm. And he was a German and he was in prison for some, I don't know, whatever reason. And he survived it obviously. And, He survived it and he, because he was German, I guess. So he was treated different than other people. Um, yeah, so, but it was, it was a really, really violent time, I guess. I mean, it was almost 70, 80 years ago and shooting at people and killing people was accepted, I would say. That is super weird. It's super weird. It feels so weird to me. I mean, it's the one thing that, that, that uh, kind of dug me a little bit was was uh, no a lot, but just what people people just thought that the brutality like there's people who could really take the brutality. There wasn't. They, in yeah. fact, when you go into the camp, there's a little um, wooden uh, height adjustment thing that yeah. goes right on top of your head. But that was the neck drop. I think they called it the neck drop, right? Mm -hmm. Where they put the um, because the brutality got so bad for the guards that they actually couldn't physically do it anymore. Mm. They put, oh, they put, wow. yeah. So they had they put somebody behind the scale and measured their height, but really there was a hole in the back that measured where the back of their head would be. Yeah, and that's where the guard would, would pull the trigger and shoot him in the back of the head because the brutality yeah. even got too bad for them. Yeah, you know. And I, I anybody that I talk to, they always say, "Wow, how can it get so bad?" It's like, no. The question is, why hasn't it got that? Why hasn't it gotten yeah. that bad? Because yeah. we're all capable of that. We're yeah. all capable of that. I don't care who you are. It's like when you see loved ones starve and everything, and you're getting beat up all the time, like you said, it'll come back somehow, some way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and also it's like a total, totalitarian system, right? So it's just like one guy is telling you what to do, and everyone is following. It's like the hierarchy is so bad. And and what's what struck me is also that when. I think the Stasi kind of is also a leftover from all these parts and every, because people in the Stasi, they're the kids of someone and they're the kids of people who experienced so much brutality and violence in life and they gave it to their kids, right? Mm -hmm. So people in the Stasi and people in these um, yeah, um, prisons who were actually close to what happened in the concentration camps 
right? So they were really, really dangerous prisons where when you were a political enemy, you didn't survive it. Mm -hmm. And it is like 30 years ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> so even now, our generation, even right, my generation, my generation could suffer from the experience um, my like their parents had. So mm -hmm. if my parent uh, parents would be um, like some political or he, he or would be, if my father would be a worker in a prison, in a Stasi prison, my education would be, or my family life would be much more brutal than I experience it to be, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think even, even my parents, even when my parents went to school, it was okay to be hit by teachers, something like this. So Oh, I got hit by teachers. Yeah, so yeah. what's happening? <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't, I think it was in sixth grade. I got Mr. Restifo just came right up to me because I was laughing at something. He just went up to me and he grabbed me right in my face really hard. And he leaned my head back against the desk. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. just, geez, man, you know, relax. And, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and then I, I was flipping off, I was flipping off a kid. And it was, I think, the seventh grade. And, uh, and so the, the vice principal came around the corner. He saw it. And then I just put my head on the desk and stuff like, oh, shit, I hope you didn't think it was for him. And then he just slammed his hand super hard on my back to the point where I actually, my nose bled. Oh, my God. Yeah. So uh, I was it. just like, oh, wow, like, what the hell did I do? It didn't hurt, but I was just like, why is my nose bleeding? You know, it's like, you're right. There was an era where hitting in the head was perfectly fine. It was it just yeah. what happened. You know? Yeah, it's like discipline was a valid methodology to teach kids how to behave, right? And yeah. I can tell you, it I, didn't work for me. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it works. I, I honestly, yeah. I don't think it works. So, um, yeah, it's also in my mind, it's so, it's so weird, even about thinking about prisons. It's really weird how, how people think that prison would work somehow. It's like you take some guy who has done a fault and you put him away into a small room for, I don't know, two years, three years, whatever years, and you think he will be fine when he comes out. So it's like, how, in, in what world should this work, right? So it's a room like nine square meters, which is like, I don't know, half the size of my room or maybe quarter the size of my room. Well, what do you think would work? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally understand that when people are, Mur they, they do really bad things like murder or rape people. So like they have to get some, I say you need to make sure that they don't harm any more people, right? Mm -hmm. So they're not in a, in a position where to harm any other people. And I totally understand that people who were harmed want some kind of justice. If, you know, you get raped, I, I have no imagine how this feels and what it should be like, but that you want to that you want to have some action taken, right? Yeah. Um, what I experience or what I at least know about prisons is that usually prisons is like school for prisoners. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you learn a lot about cruelty, about violence, about nasty things to do, how to do it. And especially in Berlin, we have a lot of um, violence and clans, um, which were taking over mm -hmm. and they, you know, like when the police are arresting them, they were, you know, sent to prison for a couple of years, they meet other bad guys and then they connect. It's like, like social network kind of when you think about it. Mm -hmm. So that is really weird as well. Um, at least for now, 
it kind of works, but it doesn't work because when people go out, they are still criminals mm -hmm. and they are not, not any better. Um, so I think it must be somewhere at least for not, you know, like, like, um, like small and small crimes, you know, like stealing. I don't know if you can get for in, into prison for stealing in Germany. I have no idea. It may. So I think mm. you can maybe send to prison for, yeah, if you, if you steal lots, something like this, right? And then I think people, even in prison, they should, they should be f um, faced why they are stealing and what's happening in there. Mm. And I have, I've learned about um, meditation and how much, how, how much effect it has on brains and how good the effect is. And that even in prison, meditation classes are given to, you know, to, to work on the people. And it has significant effect. At, what I, at least what I learned is that people who took meditation classes in prison are like two-thirds, like 60% less likely to do a crime in future when they come out. Mm. So um, actually this works, right? So mm. I think this should be at least taken in, in every prison at least. Oh, I completely agree with you. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the seventh episode that I, I popped out. Um, oh, not yet. No, it's, um, it's, all, it's, it's with a guy named Harry. Mm -hmm. he, um, I learned uh, transcendental meditation from him. And, and you're absolutely right. What's helped me with my awareness is, is this TM. Mm. It's, it's been, been one of the three things that have given me my life back. Yeah. Um, and because prior to that, prior to uh, taking the vitamins that I needed, I, I got my blood drawn. And, mm. and, and, and for the first time in my life and that I can ever remember, that's even including being a kid, the first time I remember my brain not being on fire. Yeah. And I feel way more calm. I'm sleeping so much better. I'm actually getting hours at a time sleep before it's like yeah. broken up and stuff. Um, but yeah, you're right. Meditation has been unbelievably incredible in my life. Is what, what style do you? Uh, what style do you do? Yeah, I mean, I I experienced the the Headspace app. So not doing any advertising, but you know, like this Andy, <laughs> the Buddhist monk, he really got hit me. So I use this from time to time when I really, really stressed out. And you know, when I, we are talking so much about how people should calm the fuck down and <laughs> this actually works. So mm -hmm. why is not, it's not taught at school, right? So what I thought about as well is that people in school, or kids in school, they don't learn anything about their social behavior. Well, not in classes kind of they learn social behavior in school kind of when they fight on the on the schoolyard kind of or they have to deal with conflicts in school but they don't kids in school we, at least in germany there's no psychology classes a lot so mm -hmm. um or not at least it's optional right i remember i could have chosen psychology in, in school i have no idea what would have happened there mm -hmm. um but it's you know, like stuff like nonviolent communication and mm. even meditation, like how the brain works, stuff like this. It should be taught in school. So not just like math and, and physics and sports. It's just like what is really essential to you as a human being, right? Mm. Because that is what counts. When you grow up, like I, th I always tell like 90% of what I learned at school doesn't matter to me anymore. It's, mm. like, it's like 20 years ago, whatever. So... It's like what I need to learn is really essential stuff. 
stuff mm -hmm. I can carry on my whole life, right? And I think uh, stuff like this, I learn, we learn, at least in Germany, we learn way too less of it. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned, you mentioned the other thing about nonviolent communication. Oh, I, yeah. And I took a class in that and it really changed how, how I communicate with people because people just want to be heard first. Yeah. That's it. They want to be heard first. It's so, the best. Yeah. And so if you, so if you told me that I made you feel uncomfortable somehow, I would say, I just repeat back basically what you just said. So I, I made you feel uncomfortable and I'm really sorry. And yeah. followed up with, I'm really sorry. And, or somebody complains to you about something you say, so I heard this and I heard that. I guarantee yeah. it's going to de-escalate half the fucking conflicts. Yeah, that's true. And it's just nice, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> so I mean. it helps me at work so much, right? Because and especially when people stress out, you just like, okay, it's fine. So just... So, so that's what I want to say. That's what you heard. So, okay, I just want to say this. So no, no worries. I mean, I use that in customer service a lot because some, mm. sometimes I, somebody would say, I've been waiting here for 20 minutes. What's going yeah. on? And then yeah. I would just say, you're waiting for 20 minutes. Oh, God, especially when you're hungry, right? That's the worst. Yeah. Guess what? That develops an empathy between me and the customer because I, I basically I'm telling that person, I understand where you're coming from because it's happened to me. Yeah. And it sucks. But that, that anchor goes right away. That yeah. goes right away every single every single time, and if it doesn't happen ten minutes later, then basically what I work for it goes to shit. So <laughs> yeah, you know. then you say okay, people say okay, <laughs> hit me in the face, you know, go ahead. But, um, yeah, it's like imagine imagine if there's meditation, just like you said, imagine yeah. meditation, and this was being taught. What a difference! What a difference! Totally. I mean, it's can you imagine people are going to school school sorry for like thirteen years? I I did thirteen years of school. And after school, I wasn't able to communicate what I was having troubles with. So that's mm -hmm. that's so weird. That's a weird thing. So I had to learn it the hard way in life. Yeah. Right. And 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 the worst part through relationships. Yes. Yeah, you know, through relationships because then yeah. those because most cases those are your best teachers, the person who you are at that time. Yeah. You know, and you and you kind of wish at that point, like I don't know about you, but for me, it's like I wish I wasn't. I wish I knew then what I know now. No. Knowing the relationship would have ended anyway, but it would not have ended the way on, on bad note. Absolutely, had you know, absolutely. If I just if I just had these skills, it would just just been like that. But um, I want to touch back on Holocaust really quick. So when you go to visit other countries, like you know the states and and outside the outside of Germany, when you tell people you're you're German, did you ever get like? Um, Oh, are you a Nazi right away? Or would you get, oh, no, you, know, you know, it's just like ridiculous things people say. So I just like, was there ever a case for you where, where somebody put you in a stereotype? Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Especially when, you know, I was living like 10 years ago, I was living in New York City for half a year. And especially in this occasion, I met a lot of guys in their normal behavior, like in a bar for something. And you meet mm -hmm. people and you talk to people a little bit drunk and then you say, hey, we're from Germany. And then you know, like, I, I remember vividly one guy doing the salute, the Hitler salute. It's like, you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's like, you don't do this. In Germany, it's, <laughs> you don't do it. So like, like, he was like, and then it's, um, I mean, he was drunk and maybe he thought it was be funny, you know, <laughs> but I can, you know, no critics given. And I think 
lot of different like, like people from other countries um they know they know some of german history mm. but why would they know all of german history right so i don't know all of american history either so um I mean, so I, I I probably think Hitler, everyone has heard of Hitler and about the World War, kind of, mm -hmm. and that it wasn't a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, but still thinking that you were all Nazis is ridiculous, right? And so I, yeah, I, I, I was experiencing this and I thought, you yeah, know, we don't do it. It's wrong. <laughs> it's not what we learn. And especially with the American, um, um, with the guy who asked me if I learned anything about the World War in, in school. Like, like, what do we learn about Hitler and stuff? So it's, yeah. And it is, it's mostly interesting. It's interesting because, um, yeah, like, how should people know how Germans are, right? <laughs> If you don't meet Germans. So, um, but it's funny. It's funny that there's this uh, picture of a German, like these good engineers, you know, like German engineering and strict mm -hmm. and punctual like every all time all way always on time something like this but i must say it's like a stereotype like every stereotype no. oh come on every german i've ever met has been on time uh, i'm not <laughs> <laughs> okay all right there you're, you're the exception <laughs> no no i i hate it i i hate being not on time but it happens it happens a lot it happens, yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I, I don't know, maybe I got some German in me somewhere, not according to Ancestry, but um, did I yeah. tell you what my ancestor heritage was? Uh, I, th I think you sent me a photo, right? Wasn't it? Uh, it, it, it no, my, my, mom, my father's side is Puerto Rican and my mom's side is uh, like Scots-Irish, mostly Scottish. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, according to all that, it's, it's like, you know, I, so, I don't know where I get my punctuality from because of my father's side of the family. They never show up on time. No, never. no. Forget it. Not even the, my mom's <laughs> side of the family is not the case. So I don't know where I get it from. Mm. But I mean, did you, did you feel, do you feel kind of responsible? Again, I'm not trying to put this on. Mm. Like, do you feel kind of responsible for what your countrymen have done in the Holocaust, oh. the German war? Do, does a party feel responsible and guilty for it or? Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, Like in my daytime, like in my daily living, I, I, I have no thought whatsoever about what happened before, right? It's so far off. It's, it's so far away. Mm -hmm. But when, uh, especially in these uh, occasions, when you visit places like a concentration camp or, or you follow some news about some neo-Nazis or some, there's still some neo-Nazis who deny the Holocaust, like really, really old grandma. I think she died mm -hmm. a few years ago. And she was sent to prison a couple of times because she denied the Holocaust. And when I was thinking, like when you get in touch with it, then you think, if, okay, I have nothing to deal with it. It's like I'm way too young, you know, mm. um, but I'm somewhat connected to it since my grandfather, he was, of course, he was a German and he was in the, um, like, Yeah, he was, I think he was in the party as well, but he was also a kid. He was born 34 or something. So, and I remember, I remember a photo of my, of my grandfather in his uniform and somewhere laying around in, 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 a, in a photo book and he was doing the Hitler salute. It's like, oh yeah, you grew up in that time, right? Yeah, it's like he was a kid back then. It's like, so, and as a, as a German, there was, little to no escape of the nationalist socialists of Hitler and stuff. So, um, but for me, especially, so when I visit places like concentration camps, I think, 
um, it's not my fault whatsoever, mm. but I am responsible for a story which has to be told. And I need to tell and I need to make sure that people understand that this cruelty is absolutely wrong, right? And I still don't know how it happened and what happens and, and how it could happen. Um, but I feel responsible that it should not happen again. Mm. And especially when I see people, um, what I saw before in the, in the German military or when I heard of people in the German military who be neo-Nazis, it's like, how could you? How could you actually think that this was right, right? Mm. So, I mean, I can understand if you are proud of your country, if you're a, national, a nationalist, if you're right-wing kind of, but being so it's being a you know you you deny life right you mm -hmm. you deny human beings for their existence i cannot accept that someone says to about someone else who is worthy to live or not so mm -hmm. it's like who are you to judge right so and i somehow feel that i have a responsibility to work against this and that so but at least from my perspective and i mm -hmm. cannot understand how people in yeah, I can think different. So like neo-Nazis in Germany. Um, no, thank you for answering that because I'm going to segue into like when, when I last stayed at your place, there was a red light district, not too couple, <laughs> like a couple, couple blocks from where you used to live. And <laughs> you, you said that that's where, you know, that's where prostitutes are. And, it's, and I just, yeah. what? I mean, wouldn't that become legal? Or, or, or it's not, but you can't do anything oh. about it. Yeah. <laughs> Fun story, actually, uh, same thing happens in my new apartment. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's like these places for prostitution is like spread all over Berlin. Um, no, so it's not legal, right? It is legal, absolutely. Oh, yeah. oh it is legal, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it is, and we, yeah, we, there's actually a pretty decent discussion about it like in the, in the last couple of years so about and we call it sex working um mm. like a, yeah and sex workers call themselves like they talk about not as a they are not selling their bodies for instance mm. they are selling a service right so you mm -hmm. could frame it like so who makes people happy kind of mm -hmm. um so it's um and it's of it's totally legal. It's official. At least it has to be on free will stuff like this, right? So mm -hmm. it's not forced. Um, and it's I think still it's a big problem because many places um, where you can you know like where where this the red light district in Berlin at least it's also under the uh, clan violence against so that sometimes mm. they're Russian prostitute then they are uh, Turkish prostitutes Italians whatever so and you see it has a lot of mafia and mob behind it um, but there's also a big legal prostitution right that's really I would say as you know like I must sound like a total li <laughs> little uh, liberal people like but I think it's nice it's nice that people can work whatever they want without mm. being forced into it and if it makes other people happy, and other happy, uh, other people are happily paying for it, so why not, right? It's mm -hmm. in in my point of view, it's not like, um, yeah, unholy or sinful and stuff mm -hmm. like this. I I am um, I'm not I'm not asking this uh, as an asshole. I'm asking this sincerely. But are 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 the um, 
sex worker industry is is that considered essential service? <laughs> oh, that's a good, interesting question. Yeah. Um, because I mean, alcohol here is considered yeah, essential yeah, service. Yeah. No, I I think in in like thinking of COVID situation, I think they have huge problems because how can you be physically distanced when you're doing sex working, right? So yeah, exactly. it's not going to happen. Um, so, so I think they are, this is some of the business where they uh, suffer from the shutdown, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea whatsoever if they managed to, you know, have some tricks to, to mingle around it somehow. I have no idea, you know, like phone sex. Is this still seeing a thing? I don't <laughs> know. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like stuff like this. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I think they should, they suffer a lot, right? So especially, but also it, the COVID situation uh, gives an opportunity um, because speaking of what business is suffering from, and then you can mention, hey, I'm a sex worker, right? So you can raise awareness for sex working and what rules to apply to sex working. It's actually mm-hmm. pretty strict, regula- there are strict regulations, right? So, and that it's not, sh- not shady all the time. So they're, they're pretty decent sex worker and they choose to work with and, you know, stuff like this. And yeah, and the COVID situation raises an opportunity to talk about it. So, and that it might be a business who needs to be supported because it suffers from stuff like this. And especially um, like in, 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 in hospitals, um, there's also a lot of service um, not sex service, but in like these caretakers, they suffer also a lot about this. And COVID is a situation for them as well to talk about their needs and that they are so way too little people, way too less people um, to work in a hospital, especially now in COVID times. They are just burned out like in America, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so another subject, uh, your, your roommate, how did you two meet? How long how has it been going? <laughs> How long you? Because I the first time hearing about her. What's her yeah. name? It's Ariana, and Ariana and I we met. Um, we met at work a couple of years ago, and we, like I was doing freelance work back then, and she was um, she was doing a yeah she's working in the national public radio. You can call it like this, mm-hmm. and she was doing a project, and I was being here. I, I, I tell the story like I am being her te- I, I was being her teacher for digital <laughs> projects, right? Mm-hmm. And she is telling the stories like, no, you're the guy we hired to work for us. <laughs> <laughs> so different side of point of view, but you know, like uh, we made back then and we, we get along well. And um, after a while, we just started chatting and that's mm-hmm. how we met and how it started. So, and it was really funny because it's not like a one of these dating platforms like tinder and whatever which didn't work out quite well for me i, I don't know people are weird um mm-hmm. so it was more like a traditional traditional love story <laughs> nice. and at first up front i i was i was too much for her she tells her all the times like when we tell the stories like yeah you was just annoying you were so annoying it's like <laughs> you know she like like stalking is something i wasn't stalking you know um but um yeah i it seemed like i was too much and then we we needed to get space and after a while we we wrote and and then we get together each, and get to know each other better and then we found out hey we got pretty we go along pretty well so why not be a couple <laughs> nice yeah, yeah. So it's, it's been what two years now it's it's three years three years now three years oh wow. yeah 
Nice. Be, and and what I experienced in our relationship, and, and I, I'm really happy about that all this COVID situation, we were, you know, we're working at home, we live at home, we don't leave home much, right? Mm -hmm. And um, we live in a, in a two, I say two bedroom apartments, we have mm -hmm. two rooms, kitchen and bath, and it's not big, you know, but we still get along pretty well, and we don't fight much. And this is It is, I mean, it's God-given. <laughs> it's so nice. It could be so much worse in this COVID uh, situation. Uh, yes. yes. Absolutely, absolutely. I can't tell you every day when I get up and I got my little gratitude list there going on and the top three is this place. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm so grateful for this place. It is unbelievable. But unfortunately, I'm only going to be here until the summertime. Mm. So um, because the landlord's considering selling it and it's a little too far from my job. So most, yeah. most of, you know, I'm a, I'm a good, and it, without traffic, I can get to work in 40 minutes, but uh, with traffic, it's like 50 minutes. So I need something a little bit closer to work. Yeah. 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 So, 50 minutes is, is rough. It's yeah. like, the things, things are so much better in Massachusetts than they are in, in New York state, much better. Uh -huh. So um, where, where's Massachusetts? Massachusetts. I can't even spell it. <laughs> I can't even say it either. I can't even spell it half the time. Um, uh, Massachusetts is, if you go upstate, um, yeah. about two hours, and then you make a right mm -hmm. at Massachusetts. And it um, kind of looks, like looks like a big bullhorn, I guess, with a tail on it. I, I don't know. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, um, but but it, yeah, so the coast, the, the further east you go, you got the coast, you got Cape Cod, you've got yeah. uh, Plymouth Rock. Yeah, um, Boston. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good thing about U.S. election. I feel like every German who follows the election knows where, where is where, which is where is where state. <laughs> so. Yeah, and and the thing is, is it's um, you know, I'm hoping this will be the last time that we, you know, we experience this because man, it's it's like, you know, if if nothing else, it's, to me, this shows how mm. much Americans are involved in in the media as far as like getting sucked into the news, getting sucked in to all the bullshit with Trump and the bullshit with the elections and who's worth like six months ago, yeah. Joe Biden was considered a, a, a jerk and he should never be elected. Now he, now he's a toast of the town. It's, I don't get it. I yeah. really don't get it. You yeah. know, as long, as long as they don't, they don't fuck with my constitution, I don't care. But yeah. this is, you know, I should be able to say no to police if they want to search my car. That should be my right. And that should be yeah. my right to carry a gun and to say what I want. Because yeah. I mean, Every time I open my mouth, I say something stupid. And, and now that's getting less and less and less because I've learned from my mistakes. So by mm. crouching on what to say is, is just not, not just un-American. It's not, yeah. you don't want to go back to the brown shirts. You know? and it's, because it's, it's absolutely true. This is so true. So yeah. Is absolutely. Yeah. And also the good thing is like as a German and we, we don't learn much about U.S. Um, politics and how this works and, What I learned about the era in Trump or with the era in Trump of Trump is actually I cared. I cared how this, I, I cared how this could happen. Mm -hmm. And I like what you said before is that American and like every American has a right to be president. And now you see, okay, this is actually true, right? It's not it's mm -hmm. just politicians who get, you know, like the, the, the most important uh, position in the country. So like in Germany, like there's, there's no way I could be, but, Technically, there is, but I could be chancellor. <laughs> so right now, because I'm not in a party and it's, you know, I have, I'm not dealing with politics. And so this is, you know, technically, I could be, be chancellor, but in America, it seems true. So this, what I learned about also is 
um, yeah, all this, all this, what is the Republicans, what do they stand for? What are the Democrats, what do they stand for? Where are the differences, where are the, the alignments kind of, so right? So and I, yeah. I learned so much about America and what this freedom stands for, especially how this country, you know, like they came from a king and then they freed themselves and kind of that they value, the American people value this freedom so high. And I totally get it. It's history. It's like you don't, you want to have it, right? So, and all this and so, and that there's parties based on these thoughts and there's parties on based on, no, oh, maybe it should be more social and stuff and maybe you should care about you and that there's a division between this. And honestly, I, I wasn't aware of this before. Mm-hmm. just with trump i was thinking how could it be yeah and then all this um i learned a lot about how how the political elections worked about the um pre, do you call it pre, pre-elections right mm-hmm. so yeah. about how this donation system and all this which is really yeah discussable <laughs> i would say um at least from my point of view is like okay that's weird it works this way um so and all this there are many things i didn't i didn't know nothing about um and that's i think that's also really really a good point and i think a lot of people outside the u.s are getting more and more in touch with how the u.s works absolutely Um, absolutely because i I think this is the highest turnout since 1900s for for a presidential election Wow. I mean, because the election prior, hardly anybody, less than a third of the country, um, you know, voted. Yeah. Now it's ha- half the country, almost every adult, anybody who was yeah. 18 years old voted. Yeah. Wow. And that's another point I didn't thought of. I've never thought of that, like half of the country didn't vote. Right? That's, still, mm-hmm. that's still huge. Because in my, at least in my, what is, say, with, yeah, I, I, I was thinking of that every American is voting, right? It's... Mm-hmm the it's the birthplace of democracy why wouldn't they vote mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what they do that's yeah. america and um yeah so it was super interesting to learn that there are millions of people who are edged, like who could vote but don't so it's um yeah i i don't i don't understand it myself i mean this is i think that's part of you know what we would really like high school for me was was crap you know, because I, I just yeah. worked full, I basically worked full time throughout high school. Um, and so my education sucked from it, but most of my education came from reading and experiencing life. Mm. Exper- you know, and, and visiting other countries, visiting Berlin and visiting Santorini where we met, you know. And, oh, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and, and just exp- expanding my world because my world is very small. You yeah. know, it's just better with other people from different points of view. So, but hearing these points of view, man, it's like, you know, we just, we need to step away from the TV sometimes. And I I haven't owned a TV in over 20 years. Mm. I I feel so much better for it. Like, what am I watching? What am I watching? Other people's lives? I want to watch my life. (laughs) I want to watch my life. Not like reality TV blows my mind. I can't watch it. I can't watch it. Except for guys like um, Alone, I think. He, he was like surviving up near the Arctic Circle. Like that interests me. Like, how are you okay. surviving in a situation like that? I like that shit. But like watching other people, how they get along with other, like who's who's going to hook up with who? Yeah. I find it revolting. <laughs> I find it revolting. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same with me. We 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 don't have like a, a not official, but technically we don't have TV because we are not connected to the network. We don't 
we don't pay and that's fine. So, mm-hmm. uh, but we watch TV via internet and, you know, like all this new modern technology you can afford and then, you know, like watch over the internet. So Amazon, Netflix, whatever. Um, but yeah, reality TV or like, like station and public TV is, is really, it's dying for me too. It's like, I, I watch the news and I watch on news online and all the shows which run on television is really, mostly for me, it's not interesting because what is interesting, I can I can look up online. And so there's no need for me to, I, I, I think that for me, it, it started when Big, Big Brother came out. Mm. <laughs> I think it was 2000 and I have no idea. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, great. I, I have no interest <laughs> in watching yeah. other people's life like he did. But in a, a good movie, though, about watching people's life is the life of the others. And mm-hmm. I think you know it, maybe it's a yeah. little bit old. But it's, it's mind-blowing because it's so true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is mind blowing, and it's so it's it's such a good it's such, such a good production. Um, and I, I would also well recommend since we talked a lot about the the East German system and stuff, um, the Deutschland serie a series about Deutschland thirty eight, thirty six, and thirty nine. I have no idea if you can watch it in in the USA, but it's a German production, and I think it runs on Amazon. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's subtitles, but you know, I'll figure it out one way or the other. Yeah. But yeah, that's it's, a good recommendation. It's a good, it's about three years from 33 to when the wall came down, 39. It's uh, it's fictional, so it's a lot of bang bangs and explosions and stuff, so it's really good to watch. But it's also pretty, pretty true. It's decent. It's like how it worked and how the, it, it taught me a lot about the economy of my home country, which is not existing mm-hmm. anymore, right? And then it took me up into Googling and learning more about the country, which I should knew of so much. And I mean, the, the feeling I get is like the country, the Germany is, is on the edge about what's going to happen in the States because what could happen in the States could happen to Germany again. Am I, am I, am I wrong on that? I hope so. I hope you're wrong. I, <laughs> my feeling is that our political system is stable. It's like yeah. I was I was mentioning the the right wings before, and what I, what I speak is when I look outside of Germany, like mm-hmm. literally every other country in Europe has like right wings, and they vote for right wing, and they was like twenty percent. So mm-hmm. it's okay. It's okay to have twenty percent even in Germany, like even with our history. Um, I think it's just natural to have these numbers. So. But I, I still think that um, like the, the, the ultra-right wings in Germany, they're still forbidden. So you won't get a new Nazi party in Germany, which is, which is really fortunate. And yeah, and I think people in Germany are really much more common sense to vote um, about politics and, and parties they really like and they care about actually. Mm. Um, what I find interesting is like we have a multi-party system in Germany. So you have like two, three, four parties, but we have like 20. We, we could vote for 20 parties. Maybe, no, maybe 40. I don't know, so many. Right. And so, so what happens is that actually, like, like technically, none of these parties get the majority because there are just so many of them, right? Mm-hmm. So every party needs to build um, uh, coalitions. Like they need to bundle up to, to, to build the government. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of, so you basically, you, you, you vote in, a, in Germany, at least you vote into one direction, one or the other, if what you, what suits you. Mm. Interesting. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it wasn't about, um, it's, I, I know that from speaking from people around the, you know, my, my friend in Barcelona, mm. Mexico, what everyone's worried about is like, what's going to happen with the states and will the states hold itself together mm. because of the riots and everything that's going on between the police shootings, will the states hold itself together because we are the, I guess, the leader of what every country wants to be. You yeah. know, they want to be free yeah. of, free of yeah. like being able to say what they want to say be as creative as we are because let's face yeah. it you know americans are very very creative people <laughs> you know yeah you know and the msa msa the americans are the most important country in the world right so yeah it is it's like some it people is. don't see that because some people just see it it's like you know we're the best we're like we're the best because we have creativity we're the best because of our situation mm. being able to say or you know see what's on our mind and not have to i mean our shame is the you know the slavery and what we did to the native americans that is a great shame what mm. what we've done um You know, and, and where I deeply admire Germany is the fact that they have done things to not hide the fact that the Holocaust happened. Because some yeah. houses, there was that disc on the, 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 disc on the, um, in the streets. This house used to belong to yeah. Jewish. Yeah. Um, and then you have the German, the German Holocaust Museum. And then they have the, um, oh God, what, what was that you just mentioned? The concentration camp in Berlin. Uh, Sachsenhausen in Berlin. Sachsenhausen, yeah. So yeah. Sachsenhausen. And on top of that, you have the Jewish Museum in Berlin, which is, yeah. for me, the best museum I've ever been to in my life. Yeah, it's you know? awesome. I still, like, when I think about that room where it's dark and they close that heavy door and yeah. 30 feet up in the sky, there's that little light. So it gives me chills. It gives me chills to this day. Yeah, you're yeah, it's it's totally true, and I think that is remarkable for German for German people that we are so open about what happened, right? Mm -hmm. So even about East Germany, so there's so much cruelty going on. Just speak about it. There are so many museums you can visit. Um, you can actually there's um, apartments in Berlin who are still in the same condition as 30, 40 years ago. So you can get the feeling of how people in East Germany or in East Berlin were living back then, right? You can just sit there and same furniture, same stuff. So it's funny. And and even though um, this is just a regular museum thingy, right? But still, you can also go to a former GDR prison and mm -hmm. learn all about this. So we are, as you said, we are not hiding so much stuff, at least in my feelings and in my, in my thinking. And you can just experience, you can, you can literally feel and experience how they felt when you were a prisoner in, in this era and what happened, what ha could happen to your family um, when you, you know, make, make fun about um, the former leader, then your family would be arrested and stuff like this, right? So there's all there are all these stories and nobody held back it's like it's totally honest and we we talk about it and maybe that is one outcome of german history i would say mm -hmm. um and that's really i i think that's really relevable yeah nobody's lying and even though it goes that far that german companies um yeah they have to well they should work on their history Right. If this is as a company who is, I don't know, 100 years old, then there's this question, what did they do in World War II or what mm. did they do in the Nazi era? How did they behave and what did, were they like politically aligned afterwards or not? And all these questions raise up. And so a lot of um, companies 
who are working on that, and they hired historians, his, yeah, you call it, yeah, people hired people who, you know, like dive into the books and tell, you know, like find everything they could find about the history of the company, and mm. um, to be brutally honest about it, and they, I think that's a good thing. No, mm. I think that's what really pisses off a lot of people is the fact that you know there's talk about um, reparations and stuff, and and. Some say, well, I wasn't around and stuff. I, I think what a lot of people are looking for is like, just acknowledge that what happened. Just, mm. just acknowledge it. Don't put up, you know, s statues of people that lost the war because mm. they represent something that was, you know, like put up something that says what happened here was really fucking shitty. And I, mm. I think people would just, you know, just, yeah, just acknowledge something shitty happened. But like I said, that's, that's what I deeply admire about uh, Germany besides the food, besides the beer, besides. <laughs> You know, this goes on and on and on because, goddamn, man, it's like when I have German beer when I'm over there, it's like there's a river of beer somewhere, and you just put your cup in there, and then bang, it's like it's so delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's um, true. <laughs> yeah, it's like so fucking delicious. But you still drinking whiskey, or are you you're on Scotch now? Um, I'm still on Scotch. Like, actually, we we made the transition to gin. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I, I don't know. Gin is is exploding in in germany and, and so in berlin you don't get around and there's so much gin around so we we have like i we counted i think it's 11 bottles of gin in our household shit. so you different have, gins and you shrink it straight or like <laughs> no 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 it's um we, we just enjoy it enjoy it responsibly i would say um on the other hand uh, we also were like all this discussion about alcohol and we enjoy non-alcoholic gin as well so it's it's really like a trend in coming up last year maybe i guess maybe a year ago or a year before that um that there's a lot of people who say okay well you like drinking gin or you like drinking fancy cocktails and you know you fancy going out in the bar but you don't want to drink alcohol because it's, you know, like toxic and for you and you don't want to have that. So we put up a gin, which is non-alcoholic. And I wouldn't call it gin because it doesn't taste like gin, but mm. it's really good. And you can really do great cocktails out of it. So to have fancy drinks. And that's really nice. Wow. I wish our alcoholic nation would, would buy some more <laughs> of that shit. <laughs> but um, before we go, what, what is a message that you would want to tell people here in America? What is it you want to say? Oh, yeah, that's a good thing. Well, in retrospective of our talk is, um, it turns out that actually like, people need to calm down, right? So that's one. And, and I also experienced that it's totally okay if you, you know, if you differ in your opinion, that's also totally okay. But you don't have to go on wires that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so weird because when I see that, it makes me sad. And I cannot, I cannot believe that this is the country Americans want to live in. I don't want it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just like, got to stop. It's got to freaking stop. Yeah, yeah. You know? I feel the same. You know, but thank you so much for your time, my man. I appreciate it. And I, you know. Thanks for having me. It was, it was pleasure. And uh, if you get a chance to come and visit before we move out of here, you know. Feel free. We, it's um, it's a great place. But but my best to. Uh, I'm sorry. Your name again? Uh, Ariana. Okay. My best Ariana. to Ariana. I appreciate. It's it. actually pretty easy, right? If you if you think of American rockets, it's the Ariana Five. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I just just my brain for some reason is like. I, I thought, <laughs> yeah. No. But dude, thank you again. 
appreciate it. It's always good to see you. I'm glad you're safe. I'm glad your family is safe. And yeah, you too. Well. And Thank we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to our website, thefullpodcast.com, and follow us. We'd appreciate your support. More episodes are soon on their way.